This week on the program, a milestone is reached. I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. Chris Gabin. And this is the 500th episode of We Hate Movies. Everyone, welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in, as always. And holy cow, ladies and gentlemen, here we are—the big five zero zero. Yeah, man, I've Unreal. got some champagne here, and by that I mean a beer. <laughs> oh a yeah, beer. let's crack that shit. I mm-hmm. have the champagne of beers. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Thanks. I've got a. Oh, I just got fucking beer all over myself. Well, that's <laughs> totally that's- appropriate. This is. Episode 500, Superman 3, directed by uh, Richard Lester from 1983. Now, this is, of course, you may have noticed here, it says episode 500, part one. What could that mean? I wonder. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. But right now, and by the way, this is like for old school fans. You get it. You get what we're doing right now. Uh, Uh, Speaking of old school, I thought maybe it'd be fun. Drop in a little audio of our introduction because this is a redo episode. This is the first one, episode 500. We're redoing Superman 3. I think it was episode like. I'm looking that up right now. Yeah. What is that number? Like 12? That sounds right. Uh, Hold on. I'm going to guess 11. 11? Nine, God damn it. Nine eleven? Nine? It was not nine eleven. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, just silly. Uh episode thirteen. Wow. One three. Okay, Holy great. shit. Eric, oh. come on up. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought it would be fun if we dropped in a little audio of our introductions, not only on Superman three, but also Superman four. Oh let's give a little listen to that. Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. I am Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. And we hate movies. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Jupin. I am Steven Sadak. Chris Cabin. And we hate movies. Jesus, we sound like babies. Yeah. Yeah. We sound like little children. Chirping chirping birds is what I Which heard. Which kind of makes, I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do with the redo here. I mean, like, I think we've we've grown quite a bit. I haven't seen either of these movies we've in grown 10 wider. years. Oh, I've grown certainly wider. <laughs> but yeah, yes. wider, more haggard. But yes, the show itself has grown. I feel like uh, like that first time around with, with Superman, like that's like a... 
35 to 45 minute episode maybe yes like we we couldn't really like we didn't really have the gas back then you know no. like it was a lot of like i'm putting audio from the movie in I, to yeah. fill time i think we actually had drank too much gas yeah and that's mainly why we didn't have the steam well also it was a different time uh we single-handedly invented podcasting mm. and uh we didn't know what to do with it yet and, and as malcolm gladwell uh, a noted charlatan will tell you uh -huh. um <laughs> many thousands of hours will uh make you better at podcasting and our good friend drew stewart let me pull this up uh, by the way and that's why that's why malcolm gladwell is such a great at jacking off <laughs> That dude is the best jerk offerer ever. <laughs> um, this is as of the week we recorded this, which is uh, July twenty fifth. Um, we've released one thousand seventy three hours of content. There you That's go. That's a lot of hours of content. Thank you, oh. Drew and Felipe uh, Sobrero, uh, for putting that stuff together. There's a ton. We've got like. You know, you can you can get like over seven thirty five hours on the main feed and uh, whatever the, the three hundred on Patreon right now. So there's a ton of content we've done in these last couple of years. It's safe, years. It's safe to say we've been doing this for a while. If we yes. wanted to do a Charlie Day Pepe Silvia like madness with our own numbers, we could do it. Yeah, we could <laughs> start we posting it, it all over the walls. Not only is this episode five hundred, but we this fall will mark ten years of this show. That's insane. Can you can you just like register that for a second? That's fucking crazy. I know. So think listener at home, think about all your accomplishments and you know, your your son's <laughs> going to, or daughter's going to school by now and we have oh, a podcast. Yeah. That's the <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Yeah, your son's going to school. Maybe your son's oh, maybe your son's going to college. You're a little bit older. Your son's right. going to college. Oh, we're doing a Superman three again. So that's yeah. Eric, yeah. Eric is triggering all these like tree of life reveries. And like <laughs> it's just us all looking at computer screens. Someone, I think it was... someone listening probably like got a law degree in this time and we watch <laughs> Superman three again. <laughs> I think we straight up got a letter recently from someone who was like, I started listening to your show when I was a senior in high school and I just finished my dissertation last fall or something like that. And I was like, that's really cool. A slash I wish I was dead. Yeah. But I don't because that's the thing. 500 episodes. You know what that means? Also, we fucking love doing this. We love being able to get silly every week on the air, multiple times a week on the air with everybody um and so that's why we're still doing it that's why we've bothered to come this far and that's why we fully intend on continuing this ride uh, exactly yeah so big thanks up front to everybody who heard us do this one the first time has been with us throughout or maybe you're just here for a short while but you're enjoying the ride oh all the I, same that's cool i want to in inject there inject interject Jeez. there yeah, i'm gonna inject you you shooting up on the air dude again <laughs> yeah. well hold on a second let me find a vein okay <laughs> i want if people want to listen to the original episodes of you know superman 3 or N4, uh, check out the Patreon archive because you can go back and hear those chirping birds. And, totally. and uh, on Friday, you will get Superman the motion picture available. Uh, the that's first right. one we're doing as a We Love Movies because that movie fucking rules. And that's rules. really informed. I don't think I was well-researched on Superman 3 when, I, when we did this the first time. I don't think I just recently watched Superman 1 because I didn't think to do it. No, and we this... didn't. We didn't think in terms of that back then. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, do like some outside screening research to inform, you know, what we were talking about, and that informs so much about how I, what I feel about this movie this time around. This Superman three, this who, who, yeah, who. a lot now of meat I... left on the bone there. 
I, I think like just in it was it just me and Eric that got around to all four movies. Cabin, did you get all four? I didn't watch number two. Okay. Yeah, I I went through all four of these movies. Yeah, been, uh, I, I I've been consuming clo- a lot of Superman related media the last couple of days. I closed my eyes and remembered part two because I, I mm-hmm. had seen that movie a million times. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't get a chance yeah. to get in to it. In 48 hours, I watched four Superman movies. <laughs> and you probably built a house. Whoever's listening. <laughs> you saved somebody from a burn. You actually saved someone from a burning car or something like that. Yeah, the audience is the super people. Uh, all I of wanna, our- uh, yeah, just to, again, thank the audience. Thank no, you for totally. being with us. Yeah. Our, um, not... our Amish audience that was building a barn. <laughs> while this... That's right. We would not. There's no fucking way we would have done. Like, we've done a lot of silly uh, endeavors that went nowhere, and they all went nowhere and didn't go anywhere. So this is an endeavor that you guys informed us to keep going. Said, hey, we like this. Keep doing it. Hey, here's some money. Keep doing it. Awesome. Mm. And that's why we're here, because you people are awesome and decided to like us. Totally. There, there'd be no other reason for me to watch this piece of shit ever again. <laughs> Excellent, segue. Excellent segue. Excellent segue. Who Let's was on Superman it. 3? Because I have not re-listened to these episodes, by the way. And, you know, oh, in, yeah. in, in, what do you call it there? In, in uh, you know, you watch a movie and then you rewatch. Again, it's been 10 years. A lot of shit's happened to me. So my opinions will be different. We probably might retell jokes by accident, yeah. I feel, might happen. Eric? I, I, yes. Eric was on number three. I was on number four. That's Got correct. Okay. I, I learned that from cutting the intro audio, but I did not proceed into the episode whatsoever. So. Yeah, that's that's important. I purposely stayed away because I was like, I, you know, if anything gets repeated here, it's totally on accident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll see how we we progress and what what avenues we decide to go down this time around that's and the thing it's kind of like a choose your own adventure by the way uh we had to alternate back then because we had three microphones that's right <laughs> that's three microphones we were holed up in eric's bedroom oh, uh yeah. you know it was, it was magic happens it dude. was like it was like a weird like it was sexy but poor at the same time <laughs> it was very poor can they say something about how this movie starts please please I like maybe in my wildest dreams, I'm like, I want to see what like Metropolis unemployment looks like. (laughs) Maybe when I'm really, really high, I think that's a good idea. (laughs) However, I don't want my Superman movie to be a Ken Loach movie as well. Like it doesn't need to be. I don't understand why it starts like this. That's the thing. Like, like have this scene. Sure. With Richard Pryor at the unemployment office. But like, I don't know. Could I please see some fucking Superman beforehand? Exactly. No. The fanfare is not here. It's just it's him. Yeah, it's it, it's it's very quiet. Like there's no opening music. It's just like this weird like it, it's almost like a, a, a alternate take from Pelham, taking from Pelham one two three. Like you know what I mean? Like you can imagine that happening. <laughs> Absolutely. And it also it comes after like this little cold open. Mm-hmm. So like you have this cold open where it's Richard Pryor. He's playing a guy named Gus Gorman. He's sort of like perpetually unemployed. He can't, you know, hold down a job. He's been fired from this, that, and the other thing. And he is trying to like get his next week of unemployment. And the woman's like, you cut off. Yeah. Uh, this is a real John Waters nightmare he's working with here. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I, thought this, I thought this lady was going to pick up some poodle shit and eat it at the end of this scene. I just don't understand why we're even starting with this. Like he eventually becomes a computer programmer and it would have been way easier just to start there. Yep, yeah, he exactly. just works for Robert Vaughn in his fucking computer factory, and he's tired of getting ripped off by him. That's yep. great. 
Yep. Yeah, I guess Richard Pryor, the, the whole angle, they wanted to have him be down and out. And what and what is the message? Is it like that did the disenfranchised are easily corruptible under the capitalist system because then they will compl- be complacent and, and totally support uh, earth-ending measures for financial gain? I think so, and I think that's why the movie at the end tries to, like, you know, make us a little uh <clears throat> compassionate for the the gus character here and superman doesn't fucking drag this dude to prison like he totally should <laughs> but he Absolutely. drags him and i know we're talking about the end of the movie now but he oh drag- fuck we're we're we're, we're, we're uh, mementoing again Uh-oh. we are he drags him to a factory because you shouldn't have a white collar job i think is the vibe oh vibe. that's a, yeah that's also maybe a little something we're saying here I don't well, yeah, know. Superman, well i don't know we'll, we'll get to that i think superman's just got a lot of shit on his plate it's like ah you know you're good here you're, you're good here right okay i'm gonna get the <laughs> out of here um, this, I did, this like particular week of adventure for superman uh it's it's an action-packed week socially as well so yeah steve that t- makes total sense too because the one time i got uh apprehended for driving uh without insurance uh the cop put me in the back of the car they towed my car and then the guy just let me out <laughs> have fun yes. walking on the highway you piece of shit <laughs> I, what? Uh, what a fucking yeah, asshole! Yeah. Where were you? Uh, up by uh, near Kingston, New York, near Port Ewan is this town. Um, yeah. Wait. So he just waited for the tow truck to come and take it and put you in the back of the car for that whole time. Yeah. What did he think you were going to do? Steal it back? I don't know. He accused <laughs> me of being on drugs the entire time, but I wasn't. It was four in the morning. I should add. So. Oh okay. yeah, there's that. <laughs> I do. Anyway, Supermans. Oh, you- well, the only thing that connects this very long scene, and you know, the, somebody, the Salkins loved Richard Pryor. Somebody's like, that guy, mm, that guy. And it's just like a lot of Richard Pryor vamping. And the only thing this opening scene, again, no credits, no, no fucking space, uh, no John Williams fanfare. The only thing that connects it to the Superman franchise is they say the word Metropolis and everyone is smoking. That is it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, I I do appreciate the early 80s. Everybody's fucking smoking. Uh, I don't know why. It's just a nice. I don't even smoke tobacco uh but i uh you know i just appreciate that throwback it's just it it colors metropolis in a nice and scuzzy way that yeah. i appreciate it's a head-to-head combat for which uh credits suck more this one or four Oof. it's this one it's it a thousand so? percent this one yeah oh i do well because the credits know. streak across the bottom of the screen like shit <laughs> well because the other thing about when these credits are happening let's not forget is we're watching this like mousetrap-esque bullshit where this babe is fucking walking through downtown metropolis making all these dudes get boners and fall in fucking holes and shit it's it is so, so much british nonsense you know what yep. i mean like i know that this is like you know uh richard, richard lester was an american but he spent a lot of time in in british comedy specifically with those beatles movies and like all that like silly fun shit that i have no time for it's like yeah. it's like innocent goofball shit that's like five percent uh like perverted yes exactly a little and, cheeky yeah. one might yes say. Exactly. cheeky thank yeah. you and i man i fucking hate that <laughs> shit i gets, just hate it it gets down to like a blind man is now confused and walking around in circles and like stepping on shit and getting fucked up and it's like why am i watching this man be abused <laughs> yeah why didn't you get benny hill to play brainiac <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Superman, Brainiac's running all over Manhattan looking up women's skirts. He's grabbing everyone by the bummy is his Brainiac. 
What an endearing sexual predator. <laughs> True. Oh, Superman dresses as a bobby and has to hit him with a little stick. <laughs> boing, boing, boing. There's uh, one good moment in this, though, and it's the hot dog 11 that happens. <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> this hot dog stand gets, like, pushed and tossed into the air or some shit. Oh, yeah, a bunch of wieners go flying. It's like poor Jimmy Olsen's just trying to get some lunch, for Christ's sakes. A lot of Jimmy uh, Olsen in this movie, which I appreciated, actually. Yeah, you know, yeah I, he, he gets his due. Mark McClure, of course, playing him for the third and uh, th- a third and third to last time. Because <laughs> well, he also... also- He's also in Superman, Supergirl. I know, that's what I'm saying. And then he's also in Superman 4, so it's his third to last time. <laughs> he played this character six times, is yeah, what I'm see, saying. Did he not come back to play CIA or, Jimmy Olsen? No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't. was not I, shot in the him. face. Correction, okay. though, five times. Uh, all Superman 1 through 4 and Supergirl, he is he is Jimmy Olsen. Uh, it, it, now, here's the thing. Is this, speaking of cheeky, is there a cheeky Batman reference right here with all these little robot penguins walking around? I don't know what that was. It's just like, I think it's just silly. And like, that's silly, the thing. Yeah. so much of the movie is just, I don't like, and the, the, the first two movies, specifically the first one, is very much like the comedy is a comic strip. It's, it's, it's totally for kids, but it's like a wink and like it's, it's folded into mythology and like the jokes are all like lived in. And these jokes are just at the expense of any narrative whatsoever. It, it's like, it's mean- a good joke. It, they're just evil jokes because it's like we're gonna fill this car with water and this person's gonna almost drown. Dude, drowning in your own car in the middle of the street <laughs> yes. is some real Darwin shit on a sunny day. <laughs> I, well, yeah, it's like it's like a, like a Sherlock Holmes wouldn't crack that case. Like, wait, so he was in his own car. It was a sunny day and he drowned. Discombobulate. And, and, <laughs> what is the because he like the car crashes over a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. Big, at, yeah, and then somebody comes up through the bottom, maybe I think, and then it just sprays everywhere. And if I was in this car with my last fucking breath and energy, I would be like, make sure nobody comes to my funeral. This is the most <laughs> embarrassing way to die ever. Please just don't nobody. tell anyone how I die. Not my mother, not my father, not my wife, not my kids. Yeah, could Please. not find the body. How you about know, that? I really, I don't appreciate these obituaries that are out there that don't tell you the cause of death. Because I'm mm. like, come on, what am I reading for? What am I reading for? <laughs> because what is more embarrassing, drowning in your own car on a sunny day or autoerotic asphyxiation? Which would Auto, you rather? Autoerotic. Oh, which okay. would I rather? Yeah. Drown in my car on a sunny day. You'd rather drown in your car than have a fucking life-changing sexual experience? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it would be a life-ending <laughs> sexual experience, actually. I don't know. That's... it's. It, you know, I'd rather, you know what, dude? I'd rather have a lifetime of mid-level orgasms than go out <laughs> on one big one, man. I, I have a one big one. So you're, you'd rather uh, have, I guess it's more dignified to drown in a car, but you'd be of still stupid. It is. It's still this, stupid. This it's, be- it's very stupid, but I'm not fucking naked in a closet with a belt around well, my neck. That's the thing. Here's Maybe I'm being a contrarian here a little bit, but... I do not want to die. I do not want to meet oblivion with my cock in my hand. <laughs> yep, exactly. I absolutely do not want to do that. Do that is the ticket. If, if, like, let's say, you know, like, you know, you, you go over the other side. Uh-huh. What, does, like, St. Peter, like, smack your dick? <laughs> I 
don't think St. Peter's smacking anyone's dick, dude. I think you then have to spend a turn. You're like walking around the afterlife like, oh, hey, Gary, like, how'd you die? Oh, this fucking bear got me. Oh, yeah. And, and how'd you die, Andrew? Oh, I was fucking jerking no. off in a closet strangling myself. <laughs> they don't hit your dick or flick your dick unless you're trying to join a fraternity in heaven. Okay. <laughs> they, they do that shit. Not oh, Peter. man, Chuggalug died. Now he's pledging a fraternity in heaven. <laughs> Um, oh, so for Greek life in heaven, you got to pledge allegiance to Zeus. <laughs> so Superman sort of barely shows up. It's it's Christopher Reeve uh, as Clark Kent, like kind of trying to just go to work, and he sees this dude drowning. So he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll be in the movie." Yeah, yeah it's a real sluggish. Like, all right, time to be Superman again. But, but let me first throw a pie in a in a dude's face, oh, to, because this babe would have been creamed otherwise. I, what, I didn't. Did, Giorgio Moroder did the score for this. I didn't hear Moroder like big Me synths either. at all. Like I was yeah. like, what? What's going on here? I I wonder what was going on there also because this does not sound like he had a fucking finger on any key. No, absolutely it's, not. It's very much like <laughs> look. Why would we get Giorgio Moroder when we could get the Benny Hill Band? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Benny Hill Band. Wow. <laughs> They probably left a lot on the floor with his his score. I bet. Um, we his Superman transformation here is. I actually kind of like this. He runs into an instant photo booth and then oh, transforms. Right. And when he comes out the other side, the photos are coming out, and he totally fucking like takes the strip of pictures out of this kid's hand and tears off the Superman or the Clark Kent parts and gives it back to him. It'd be cool if he like ripped out the kid's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a Zack Snyder. That's a that's a gag in a Zack Snyder movie. It's right. like, oh, you saw my secret identity. Better rip your eyeballs out <laughs> and eat them in front of your mother. Yeah, it's like Batman with the branding. Like, oh, someone's got their eyes ripped out. Yeah. <laughs> Superman. Henry, Henry Cavill's just dousing a living room with gasoline, <laughs> and his eyes light up. And <laughs> he killed their parents. He killed their parents' friends. He killed their people who owed them money. <laughs> Burned them all down. I work for KL. <laughs> the guy uh, in the cape did you see him <laughs> uh so uh we are introduced uh pretty quickly uh actually to robert vaughn as ross webster who's like dude just the fucking poorest poor man's flop house lex luther this fucking character sucks he does. It, he's not good. I mean, it's Robert Vaughn who's like, you know, Robert Vaughn is good in like comedies and it's obviously a comedy, but like, you know, like as like the the crusty old dean kind of a dude, you know. Yeah, or, sure. He's, he's a shit heel, but he's not a villain, you know what I mean? He no. lacks the charisma to hold your attention as a villain in this performance anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, he pl- he plays a good scuzzball in like Bullet. I think he's a piece of shit in that movie. But uh, he's he's like some crooked DA. He doesn't have like presence that matches either Pryor or uh, Reeve, which no, is an not, issue. Not and he's a generic businessman. Like it's kind of like that's it. He's a generic businessman. Like, yeah, it's like if you took all the criminal genius parts away from Lex Luthor, and it was just him being good at business. And when we do get his like criminal genius of like doing this fucking weather satellite hacking or whatever, <laughs> you basically don't see it. Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, so much of this movie, and again, like the, the, the first movie, like the lot, you, you know, you, 
it's going to fall apart when you really use logic with that first movie. But again, there's so much other stuff going on there with the cinematography and what the, the fantasy they're trying to tell you. It's okay. Here, like, stuff just doesn't make sense. Like, stuff, logical leaps happen, and you're like, well, why would that happen with well, that character? He's tried, there, it seems like he's trying to do, like, a deconstruction of Superman, but he's only doing it, like, halfway. Yes. Enough so that he can do the jokes. But like everything else doesn't really make any sense, and like the the it, it's just kind of setting up things for Superman to do. It, the, the evil Superman thing—that's a movie. That's a totally fine. Yes. Uh oh, Superman happens. Superman gets hit with weird kryptonite. It turns him into evil Superman versus good Superman. Superman versus Clark Kent. That's always the tension. Da 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 da. But that's not the movie we're telling here. It's it's fucking uh, Richard Pryor falling down a building on skis. Ho, 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 ho. Uh, we'll get to that dumbass moment. But yeah, speaking of things that like just happen for the sake of the movie needing to move forward, Richard Pryor, instead of starting this movie where he's just a computer guy who works for Robert Vaughn and it's established that he's a computer guy, he's like an accidental over an afternoon computer whiz. Because yeah. like he sees an ad... You know, in the newspaper or whatever, when he's at the unemployment office, that's like, oh, yeah, like computer coding, come learn and you can get a job. So, like, he's doing that. And it's this dumb thing where this lady's like, hey, how do you do this whatever computer function? And the teacher's like, that's impossible. And then Richard Pryor's like, uh, actually, I just accidentally did it. And it's like, what? What are you talking? What? It would just be cool if he was just, you know, the best computer guy that Robert Vaughn had. And he's always hacking this and that and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, that makes some yeah. kind of sense. Like, if we just start with him as a computer programmer, it doesn't, it, it, it's, it's believable because you have the start of this movie where he's an unemployed dishwasher. Right. And I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage dishwashers, but, it's, but it's, you know, in, in the early 80s, you're not, you know, no, not everyone has a computer. Almost no one does. No, exactly. And it's, it's made sort of explicitly clear when he's in this class that, like, he's there to learn how to fucking use a computer. So, like, clearly he's a novice at it. And for him to be like, beep bop, now I'm just a genius. It's like, wh why are you bothering? Like, it feels like they're just doing that so they could say at the beginning of the movie, look at this fucking dude who's a dishwasher and he got fired from a fast food restaurant in 28 minutes. Like, I think what happened, is he got bitten by a radioactive computer. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll happen yeah. every mm -hmm. fucking time. Mm -hmm. He fell into a, a, a vat of computers. And his <laughs> hand came up. Yeah, he, uh, he he met Doc Dose. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. There you go. By the way, uh, Chris, when you see Doc Dose, uh, you better see run. See uh, <laughs> colon. See colon that, slash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're that, making we're making Dos jokes. That's you know that's why we came back to do this. Honestly, yep. yeah. you guys uh, missed, missed no a couple of Dos opportunities <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> I will say that this movie and it will, another thing about the what why it's kind of interesting to look at these movies now because like a hundred superhero movies have come out in between these two and totally I, in between the two times we've done this and I will say specifically. We kind of in our we we did Superman one the we love movies first and we kind of we talk some smack about Marvel movies but the one thing Marvel gets right is brand fucking management and yes. they would never they would never let some cigar chomping producer come in and be like you know who's great Pete Davidson you should just get <laughs> Pete Davidson in the next uh, uh, Iron Man movie and like. Well, is he going to play, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, the leader or some other? No, no, he's just like a Pete Davidson type. He's got tattoos. He's Listen. on a skateboard. It's great. 
listen, he's unemployed. It's perfect for a big budget movie. He's an unemployed man who just keeps on being unemployed. Picture this. You got a Superman movie in where Pete Davidson is playing some guy named Dave Peterson. And get this. He's got a bunch of terrible tattoos. <laughs> terrible sleeve tattoos. Now, doesn't that sound nice for your Superman picture? And he's smoking pot. And Superman's like, get that pot out of here. <laughs> and that's great. That's the move. That's the move. I don't know. And Superman does something with computers. I don't give a shit. But the big thing is Pete Davidson's in the movie. And that's what this is. It's like Richard Pryor's the biggest thing since anything. Just put him in the movie. And we it's got just, uh, and we got Lauren Lapkus as the computer lady at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, I, they'd be fine in other movies, but like you have to fold them into actually what the world you're building is. Exactly. Like it's not enough that and and so the story goes. By the way, who knows what's to believe? But like Richard Pryor at one point said on the Carson show that he would like to be in a Superman movie, and huh. like it was known that. Pryor was a Superman fan and he had a Superman bit in one of his old acts where he was uh, he was portraying a, a dude named Super N-Word uh, where he was like the janitor at the Daily Planet. Like that was a whole fucking uh, bit he had in his stand-up and everything. And like that's all fine. But again, like if you're making a super a Superman movie, like just because fucking Jerry Seinfeld is a fan of <laughs> Superman doesn't mean you're going to put him in the movie. Like, oh, no, I'm the fucking villain. <laughs> I'm a bee and I'm going to sting Superman. <laughs> Look out. Here comes the big bee, Superman. <laughs> like, it's just like, see how dumb that sounds? Like, this is just as dumb. It's not a full cent. It's a half a cent. Don't you understand? <laughs> oh, man, the murder hornets that were supposed to come in 2020. What if oh. they're all just Jerry Seinfeld's? Oh, oh just, just an army of Jerry Seinfelds. <laughs> My favorite thing talking about the Daily Planet is we get there and we find out that uh, 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 Robert Vaughn, uh, Ross Webster, is humanitarian of the year. But funnier than that is that uh, Lois Lane thinks he's hot. Now, Robert <laughs> Vaughn is a handsome man. <laughs> But like, Jesus would be like, oh my God, he is a hot number. That's, it's a little much. I think it's just because of all the insane like brain shit that's been happening to Lois Lane over the first two movies, man. Like, sure, you know, ha experiencing a horrendous death in that first movie, and then having the fucking world turn back, and then having that fucking forget me kiss in that second one. Who knows what brain cancer she has because of that shit? <laughs> so in this movie, it's totally feasible that she's like, oh yeah, look at how hot Robert Vaughn is. <laughs> <Woo -hoo." laughs> She gets on. I guess she gets on an airplane to nowhere. Who knows? It's, she's confused. It, she's it's throwing. Great. She's throwing her bikini in Clark Kent's face. Dude, this is so a whole. Just, it's so a, just Lois Lane like sleeping in a box for the entire movie. <laughs> she doesn't go to Paris or wherever the Bermuda. I'm sorry. Oh right, she's yeah. Just, like, she's in a fugue state somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. She's just like in a fucking Kmart bathroom or some <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, the fucking paramedics are trying to revive her on the floor. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's such a bad see you later movie situation where it's like, Marco, I mean, Marco Kidder is not in this movie. This is a Lana Lang movie, 100%. Uh, you know, Lois Lane, she she does. She literally takes a vacation. She's in the, you know, this first uh, Daily Planet scene and then she comes back at the very end. That's it. And they sort of explain it as like a, well, you know, their excuse was, well, in the second movie, like Superman and Lois Lane like broke up and decided they couldn't be together. So what's the point of having her in the movie? And it's like, well, she's been in the fucking comics for 70 years. Yeah, so then, whatever. Or just pick pick one. Don't have her in the movie at all then. Yes. 
Well, the, the real story, or what what I believe, is that there was retaliation because she talked so much shit about Donner getting fired in part two, yeah. and rightfully so. Um, that but that's she, also they, why um, they punished like, her, kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, well, it's also why like Christopher Reeve almost didn't come back for this movie. Also, like they were all fucking well, furious. Was it the Salkinds that directly fired Richard Donner? Yes. That's- Turds, See, bunch wow. of fucking turds. The, the, the thing is, is that you know, like uh, you watch all the interviews from one and two, and like everybody's calling him Dick Donner, Dick Donner. Nobody called Richard Lester Dick because they didn't <laughs> love him like yeah. they loved Richard Donner. You're, uh, that's never, a that's a great way to sort of see that, Kevin. Totally, there was and no uh, Mr. Lester. Lester there. Yeah, <laughs> more like Dick Lesser. <laughs> yep, he's not as good as Dick Donner. Speaking of uh, pointless things that you don't need to do in a movie to fill it out anymore, because uh, this movie is like two hours and six minutes or something, um, we have an extended little riff here in the Daily Planet office about Perry White has to like do a drawing for some gambling game. Uh, jingo bingo, which yikes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. South, you get a free so- trip to South America. Dude, I love how it's just like South America, <laughs> like as if there's not a fucking country in there we can pinpoint for these people to go on vacation to. You go on the sorcerer vacation. It's you, <laughs> a bunch of trucks, some nitroglycerin. Get driving, pedal to the metal. <laughs> no, we will shoot you if you don't come back with all of it. No, absolutely. That's the end of Jingo Bingo is you might get shot. <laughs> So, like, yeah, Perry White's doing that. Lois is putting on her bikini before she's even leaving the office. Jimmy Olsen is taking, because Robert Vaughn has an assistant uh, who's played by, or a girlfriend who's played by, what's this lady's name? Pamela Stevenson. uh, Lorelai is the character's name. A buxom, sexy lady. And there is just, uh, Perry White's pissed off that Jimmy Olsen took all these tit pics, essentially. Totally. Well, because she's she is the babe from the beginning of the movie that's causing all the mayhem. Sure, and that I guess makes it sort of a movie. Uh. <laughs> I, I guess so. Uh, so. So you you were saying so Lois Lane, and now it's a Lana Lang movie instead, right? Yeah. And then the next movie, it's Lacey something. Lacey Warfield. Yes. Oh, Warfield. I've so the alliteration stops there. Right, um, yeah, that's it's thought, just a, it's just another example of de- the uh, continuing decline of that franchise. Right. It's a very oh. subtle name, Warfield. <laughs> <laughs> I do, uh, yeah, that's Clark's thing. Is like, well, I was, you know, I was um, invited to my uh, high school reunion, and like going back to Smallville is a fine move for part three. You know what I mean? Yeah, but sure. you need to have Ma Kent there, or like. Because she dies in between, I guess, one and three at some point. <laughs> off screen, I think, right? <laughs> it's it's a total off-movie death because I think in two, or is it in this one? Yeah, it's this one where they're like, because in, in two, there's no Smallville at all. Yes. And in this movie, it's like, when he gets back there, it's like, oh, Clark, something, something. You haven't been back to Smallville since your mother died. And I was like, well, fuck you, Ma Kent. <laughs> Eat shit off screen, lady. Ret- retaliation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more retaliation. She she talks shit about uh, Richard Lester. So they, they fucking killed her off screen. <laughs> they burned her as a witch, like they tried to do in that awesome Batman versus Superman movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and so so Clark's whole thing is like, I'm invited to my high school reunion, which is like it should be fine. Like, hey, uh, Mr. White, 
I need a week off. I'm going to go yes. back to Smallville. It's my high school reunion. Not the, hey, Mr. White, you know what's a great story for this nationally syndicated newspaper? Me going back to my hometown for a high school reunion. What? Who gives a fuck? There is, I, it's a cute moment. It's, 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 I guess it's forgettable, but he holds up the high school sweater and it's got the big ass and it's like, oops, better not. Better not show that too much. It's a nice, funny yeah, thing. Yeah, I like it. I, yeah. could, I could see them posting something like this like on a blog or like maybe even like a BuzzFeed doing something like yeah, this. Yeah, it's it's clickbait horse shit. But like a, a paper, like a paper just with the headline, I went back to school and tried to bang my old crush. <laughs> it went okay. Yeah, I got a hand job at the high school reunion. A lot of journalists started that way. Uh, right? Did they? Jake <laughs> Tapper the, was had that? a whole article about dating Monica Lewinsky or something. That, yes, that's I, very true. Yeah, I, I'm sure David Brooks's first column was something like that too. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, but like, is Clark a columnist? Because in previous films, it seems like he's a crime reporter. You know what I mean? So like, it's not like I don't know. I'm trying to think of you wouldn't follow fucking I don't know Maggie Haberman on her high school reunion. Thank God. I wouldn't <laughs> fucking follow that lady anywhere. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I think you're, you're totally right. But it, it when you watch these four movies, like you, it's hard to really figure out what kind of a newspaper the Daily Planet is supposed to be. And my best guess is. As much as they think it's like more of a prestigious, you know, gray lady kind of a thing, this is a fucking New York Post rag yes, kind of sure. newspaper. It's trash. I think it's like National Enquirer. It's like Bat Boy found in Gotham. Well, that's what that's what like Mr. Warfield tries to make it in the next movie is like a straight up garbage rag like that, really salacious and shit. Yeah. But like it just it's but it it's so weird they never have a handle on it because it's like, yeah, Clark is doing this kind of story and then at the end of it like uh, Lois comes back and she's like, "Yeah, it just so happened to get this hard-hitting revolution, you know, while I was on vacation or whatever that fucking story is." And it's like, "Why are you two like desk mates? Like, how does this newsroom work?" <laughs> no, um, no idea. Yeah, but so he takes Jimmy on this trip. Is the idea right? Um, on they take the bus, so I guess the Daily Planet isn't that doing that well. Um, <laughs> I guess not, because we also learn in this movie there is a Smallville airport. Uh, so they, they could true. have taken a plane. What do they fly out of there? Paper planes? <laughs> Very small, small airport. Uh, there's a oh. chemical fire, so we get out of the bus. But and it, I also love that like Clark is just annoyed by Jimmy at this point because he's like, "Oh yeah, Mister Mister Kent, my uh, my uncle and my my second cousin's like, shut the fuck up, Jimmy." Dude, <laughs> it's kind of great because I think it's a real uh, navel gazing moment for Clark Kent because he's like, "Oh fuck, is this what I sound like when I tell everyone <laughs> at work about Smallville?" He's having like a total reevaluation of how he presents himself. See, I saw it as that he's going like uh, he gets out and he does this chemical fire business because he needs to blow off some steam because he was about to laser eye Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, he's right about down to, the middle. He's going to boil this kid's brain. He's fucking had enough of it. Uh, but so, yeah, they they the two of them are the only two that get off the bus. And then it's it sort of looks like the bus driver leaves them there. Uh, which is kind of weird, but so like Jimmy is determined to get some good photos of it because Perry White's been busting his balls about like uh, the whole thing with the photographing the babe and not getting the Superman pictures and whatever. Uh, we get a nice Superman changing in the back of a police car right here. <laughs> the, and the guy in the front like just is like, oh, back to my sandwich, I guess. Dude, it's totally like, a, was that Superman? Nah, sandwich. <laughs> Uh, he goes up to the chemical plant. The first of two times in this movie, 
There's a sign that just says acid room. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. The acid stuff is so stupid. But one moment here made me burst out laughing. They've got a guy running out of this fucking factory going, I'm on fire. Help me. I'm on fire. Help me. Uh, I love the it. great Al Matthews of Aliens fame is playing the, the fire chief here. That's cool. Dude, Al Matthews has my biggest laugh of the movie is because, yeah, he's like the fire chief and Superman comes up behind him and he says something about like, you know, oh, well, what can I do here to help out, chief? And he's like, not much. Again. Oh, it's you. Thank God, Superman. <laughs> Dude, I am laughing because this guy... It's like he could take it or leave it with the appearance of Superman. <laughs> Wouldn't you be like, holy fuck, it's Superman all of the time? Because not everyone gets to see him. He's always in Metropolis. Yeah, it's like meeting Tom Cruise. Like, you're going <laughs> to stop what you're doing. Totally. It's like you're out in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Like, holy fuck, is that Tom Cruise in my hometown? <laughs> yeah, yeah right. but him arriving, it cancels all the overtime for all of his men. So, mm. I mean, <laughs> that's true. you can't be too excited. <laughs> Like, oh, fuck, my boys need the OT. The holidays are coming up. We got uh, a little, little yeah, chemistry lesson here. This He goes into the, the acid room, and the guy's like, well, if this acid heats up, it's going to turn into a cloud and destroy everything in its path. And he's like, I'll remember that later, my friend. I got to figure something <laughs> else out. Uh, they run out of water, so he freezes a lake. That's this something. is crazy, dude. I bet there's, like, fucking, like, campers, like, kids swimming in that water. Oh, yeah. I seriously think so, dude. There's no way he takes the time to make sure there's no one in this water. It'd be great if Jason Voorhees is like shaking his machete at him. Like, <laughs> I was going to kill those kids. So God much- damn you, Superman. I was coming up on kill 500. <laughs> or he's in the lake yeah. and he's, he, he gets dropped onto this factory and that w- reawakens him. Super oh, Jason. Shit. That's how Super- you get to Super Jason. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. a versus movie I'd fucking watch, man. Superman v. Jason? Absolutely. And, hey, I think now that I, if I'm thinking of everything correctly, where all the rights are, Warner Brothers, I believe, now has uh, uh, Friday the 13th, and they still got Superman. You could make it happen. I like it's it. It's the I'm- fucking X-Men and the MCU, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> and they both love their moms. There's a lot in common. Yeah. Who would you have in that fight? It's it's got oh, go Jason to Super- versus Superman. Yeah, it's Superman, but Jason's unkillable. Like and the thing is, it would would like he would Superman would like knock his head off, like fly all the you know the head would fly away. Six years later, Jason comes back. He's trying to kill yeah. Superman. And guy's like, "What the fuck? I also, killed that guy." Jason survived hell, right? I, I'm my money's on Jason. Superman doesn't have a chance. I think though, if you give Superman the opportunity to do his fucking favorite super move from Part Four, he's just hucking this lake monster into the sun, dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. And then fair. it's like, "Adios, motherfucker." Yeah, there's he, that. He seems like more of a pest to him than an actual villain. If we're gonna be honest, because well, even if he keeps on coming back, what? Oh, you got your machete. That's very nice. Okay, I'm gonna fly you around the fucking earth until you disintegrate now what if what if he took on like lex luther type properties he's wearing like an ascot jason is he's got a he's bad got, like, wig smoking on jet, yes. <laughs> oh, i think clark Kent might be superman <laughs> somehow otis is also working oh geez mr Voorhees. <laughs> i love this i love this cr- dude it's ned Beatty's dressed up as a camp counselor in the 80s so he's got the super short shorts on otis he's- we need to buy all up all of the the parks in the city. All of the parks, Mr. Voorhees? All of them? He's putting a wig of worms on him or something. Oh my God, Voorheesburg. <laughs> all of this would be great. 
I would certainly be better than Superman 3. So he fucking drops this frozen lake on this uh, factory. All the water, you know, goes out, blah, blah, blah. There's a dude. I think it's the same fire chief. He's like, Dave, that man's a miracle or something like that. <laughs> I just like it's a block of humongous block of ice the size of a town. And you just drop it and it just turns into rain it, i mean i feel like it would do some fucking damage to yeah that dude we're fucking killing some dudes with ice shards here before <laughs> yeah. it melts absolutely you're kind of like well thank you everybody and like al matthews just impaled on a huge fucking icicle <laughs> yeah, exactly a couple <laughs> fucking firefighters heads rolling around <laughs> chill out chief <laughs> uh so we're in smallville it's the class of 1965 uh which is pretty pretty cool Sure, we're, we're listening to Roll Over Beethoven a bunch. Oh uh, yeah, we're getting we're getting our money's worth for this. Don't we get uh, Earth Angel at some point in we this? We do in this dance. Also, we get we get Earth Angel uh, when he dances with Lana Lang. That's here. that's what I'm thinking of. And th- this is two years prior to Back to the Future. Absolutely, dude. Before the Fish Under the Sea dance, yeah. or the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Excuse me. Uh, at this dance, Marty, we got to <laughs> prevent Rick Donna from being fired. Marty, you don't understand. Dick Donna loses his directing capabilities for the franchise. It all goes downhill, Marty. Look what happens to the sequels. <laughs> what do these sequels become assholes? Oh, they do. And which, Look at those sequels. They're which, changing. In which the Salkines are corrupt. And Donner directs Timeline by Michael Crichton. <laughs> Two Donners with the same gun. And where I am not cast as Brainiac. <laughs> Exactamundo, man. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Christopher Lloyd as Brainiac. I would have seen that. 100%. Just, and that's the thing, too, is like there is you can ju- there was there was a treatment that the Salkins or the Warners apparently rejected where Dudley Moore was Mr. Mitzelplick and all sorts of there's Supergirl in it, all sorts of shit. Like, you need to bring in more of the six the the 40-ish years you had at this point of continuity yeah. to just sort of fill this world out a little bit. Don't invent a fake Lex Luthor from whole cloth. Don't invent a fake computer whole cloth. Like there's you can just bring it but nobody gave a shit like that back then. Nobody, you know what I mean? Like it was it was better to just sort of ah you got Superman, it's enough. It's too yeah. much if you well, put too much in. Exactly, because they're probably like, listen, just regular Tom, Dicks, and Harrys are going to go see the movie, and they are not going to know Mr. Wama blah 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 from blah <laughs> blah blah blah. Okay, uh, so we get a nice, handsome Robert Vaughn, bing bada boom. He's a businessman. He writes itself. <laughs> I think it's interesting because, like, I firmly believe that that's probably what happened. But part of me was like. Was DC sort of being like, okay, Warner Brothers, like, yeah, you could license uh, Mr. Mixelplick, but uh, that's another $400,000. Like, DC was owned by Warner Brothers at the time. So they, uh, had, so they had free reign to do whatever? Yeah, oh, totally. It's, it's, it's a oh, Marvel then, there's, then there's no excuse. No, there's no, yeah, it was just, it was a thing where, like, I, I think it's Eric's thing where it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's more relatable. You don't want to go too out there with the comic booky stuff, which has obviously been proven, again, brand management today. Like, you, you want as many, you want to fucking talk about the X level character for three seconds just to give that one little fan a little a little boner in the in the audience. That's that's totally true because like what fan service boners do we have in this movie? Like what fucking elbow nudges are going on when the, when you had nerds sitting in the theater to watch this movie? Fucking no. I mean, Lana yeah. Lang, it's the closest like new yeah, yeah. character development. Well, they're, make, they're making this movie for normies. Like the first movie, you got Lex Luthor iconic. Second movie, General Zod, like what a character. It's surprisingly they surpri- I'm surprised rewatching that movie. It is good. Rewatching it and seeing like this is these are the villains they went with 
and it's great. And and then to go to three and then like take a step down from all of that instead of giving us a big villain. I mean, yeah. it's 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 the two most boring people in the world watching this third movie and being like, Nana, from the first movie, his <laughs> lost love, my dear, <laughs> she's finally back. Oh yeah, because. <laughs> It's like the Gwen Stacy thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which it, it, in a lot of lines a fine character, and I actually think Anna Tool is good in this movie. She doesn't have oh, great. Oh yeah, she is. <laughs> she doesn't have great <laughs> chemistry with uh, what you would call it with Christopher, but I think that's basing it off so, of Lois really? Lane. I think that they they they, they, they do well. I mean, it's yeah, fun. I guess it's it's not as uh, fireworksy as Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve were. Um, it's a hard act to follow for sure. Yeah, no, exactly. But I, I think, and also because it's a different kind of character. You know, Lois yeah. is like the brassy, bombastic, you know, hard hitting journalist who, you know, falls head over heels for Superman. And like Lana Lang is just like this totally, like, you feel for her. Like she's like a single mom fucking busting her ass to raise this kid in Smallville, hates fucking living in Smallville, mm-hmm. is constantly being harassed by, yes, one of the funniest characters in this movie, Brad Wilson, played by Gavin O'Hurley, okay. the fucking, you know, football star washout who's just a drunk security guard in Smallville I, I now. And I know this is a definite difference from the first time, when I watched this last time uh, a decade ago. Whatever Brad wasn't on screen, I was kind of like, where's Brad? <laughs> like, because Gavin O'Hurley has such a great handle on what this character is supposed to be that, like, even though he's a piece of shit and, like, you know, a, a little bit of a, like, he's like Lana's villain of the movie, basically. Like, it's fucking hilarious to watch this dude. It is hilarious to watch him be a loser, be a fucking drunk, falling all over <laughs> himself. Give him the role of Superman in the parody movie you clearly wanted to make here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking boozer man. <laughs> he, he is. He, he's fun. And it would have been something if, like, the whole movie was just Smallville and maybe he's coming to terms with uh, Clark Kent's life a little bit and he has to overcome Brad, which he does in this movie, but it's so tertiary. Yeah, totally. I love that Brad Wilson's introduction is him telling the Al Bundy football game story to <laughs> like I don't know what's worse in this situation. If you're like Brad, who would you guys rather be? Mm. Like you're Brad Wilson telling the story about you know, the big game and whatever, or you're the fucking losers who are really excited to hear Brad Wilson tell the story about the big game. I feel like I want to be the loser because I'm probably at least married and have money. You know what yeah. I mean? And you're like, oh, wow, that guy was really cool in high school. He's a piece of shit now, though. You know, I'm going to pretend to like him now. Yeah, See, so you think those him. dudes are pretending? That? I mean, because they look like they're hanging on to Brad's every word. Well, I guess they knew Brad, you know? like Oh, that, yeah, maybe they're his old buddies or something. It's just like, man... Like, I never want to be that dude telling, like, that kind of a story and have it be your only thing. But also, like, I don't want to be a person who cares about listening to that kind of a story also. <laughs> I mean, you just have to pretend to care. That's not too hard. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I do uh, that a lot. Now, by the way, Andrew, when you're, you had a laundry list of stuff that you like about Lana. Did you yeah. get this one? Check What's it that? out, dude. She kisses hello. Oh, yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> The kiss it, hello, not too bad. It's pretty <laughs> well, interesting. Well, she fucking sees, you know, Christopher Reeve show up. She's like, all right, hi there. How's it going? Instant, I would have like, fucking kissed him on the lips, pack. too. Jesus Christ. Mouth pecking all over this movie. Put that, oh. 
Put that hug back in your pocket. We're getting some kisses going. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like Brad is kind of talking shit to Clark, and Clark is like, I'm, you know, three feet tall than you, and I'm from the fucking planet Krypton, dude. So why don't you, why don't you take it somewhere else? Seriously. He's like following, uh, Clark is following Lana around. Lana's like, there's kind of a funny gag where she's trying to do like food, but then also get the DJ some records. And she accidentally like gives the DJ the food and brings the records over to the food table. It's fun. Who's, it's a whole yeah. Who's the, it's a whole thing. Who's the pervert uh, who we keep on cutting to with the glasses? Uh, Clark Kent. No, <laughs> dark sunglasses. I missed whoever this dude. There's this is this guy Joe at the uh, the high school reunion. There's just this guy that like they cut to two or three times. Like she, one of the times she hands a record to him. It's probably that's, that's like the, the cigarette DJ. smoking man investigating this alien. Oh, is it the DJ? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the, she DJ. gives records to the guy who's like spinning. The soundtrack to the dance kind of a thing. Because he doesn't look like he's actually like touching any records. He just looks like he's like thrusting around to the music. Well, because he's feeling it, dude. <laughs> oh, he's, really, he's really into the playlist that he's got going right now, uh-huh. and he's just feeling the groove. When, you you're, when you're blasting ho- Roll Over Beethoven, you've really got to fucking feel it. <laughs> Did you notice, though? So we, uh, we should point out that so on Friday, like we said... The We Love Movies episode of Superman 1 will come out. And in that episode, we talk about one of Steve's favorite moments in cinema history, the guy spiking the camera at the Daily Planet. There is a fucking camera spike at this dance scene, too. I think spiking oh, really? the camera is like a, trowd, a proud tradition <laughs> in the Superman franchise because we're walking around and you know, we're following Lana like on the dance floor and Clark's behind her. And there is a dude with a supreme early 80s Kentucky waterfall mullet going on and he's like kind of dancing having a good time and when the camera passes him you better believe it he's like hello Hollywood (laughs) (laughs) fucking awesome camera spot that's great dude maybe that guy becomes Deadpool (laughs) (laughs) well there's also the famous moment in Man of Steel when uh, Henry Cavill locks eyes with the audience while making out with uh, Amy Adams in uh, the ash shower <laughs> um, that that's a famous moment in the yes, and they, they play roll over Beethoven while he's breaking Zod's neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by, the, by the way, at the end of this party here, uh, she says like, "Oh, I made a gallon of potato salad, and it's all left, and no oh, one ate it." Jesus, I, I was waiting for like Superman super stomach, like, "Oh, don't worry about that, Lana." <laughs> you know, he eats it all. Wow, Clark, you were hungry. Yeah, maybe it's a thing like one of Superman's things, like, you know, in his little creed is he never lets food go to waste. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, Lana. sorry, Lana. I'm, uh, I'm on uh, leftover duty. He, I mean, he's such a Superman. Like, he could probably consume so many calories, it doesn't matter. Um, I got a biology question. Do you think, does he piss or, or what? Do you think of it course just, he's like, got to yeah, piss? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like, he can't like evaporate it through his skin or something? Dude, no, because then you smell like piss everywhere. Maybe that's how he pees, is heat vision. It goes out. No, because no, you can't do that because he then you just smell like boiled piss. <laughs> he just pisses out of his eyes, you're saying? Yes. No, no, it's it's out his dick into a toilet. Any other way you're smelling like urine. But Eric, to, to answer another inevitable question, he shits out two ton pellets, much like Nibbler <laughs> from Futurama. Yes, yes, um, like an owl. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and you know what he does? He, he and it's it's a big hassle. He does it into a waste basket because it, you know it doesn't actually smell because it's actually it's hardened steel. And every Sunday he just hucks it in the sun. You know what I mean? Oh, just more, yeah. Another trip to the sun. <laughs> just throwing shit at the sun. I love it. <laughs> 
That's, um, the, that's the stuff I would do if I had superpowers. I'd be like, yeah, just throwing turds at the sun today. Wait a second, though, but that's insane. If he's throwing his fucking turds into the sun yeah. and he's powered by the sun, that means he fucking is motorized under the power of his own shit. Yeah, it's self-hate, dude. <laughs> it's his version uh, of composting. He goes on a date with Lana Lang uh, and her son, Ricky. Oh, oh my Ricky. God, it's a woman with an L name. Here's oh the thing. Oh, my God, I love L names. If I'm Lana Lang and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, that, that Clark Kent grew up right. He's a big fucking hotshot in, uh, uh, in Metropolis there. He's got this column. It's, it's awesome. And he shows up dressed like he was in high school. I'm like, oh, he's got a weird fetish. Oh, yeah. fuck. I oh. thought he was a nice guy. Hey Lana, uh, want to play Homecoming? I was. Uh, <laughs> hey Lana, I was wondering if you would put on your cheerleading uniform. We'd go on a date. <laughs> oh, uh, oh uh, Lana, you uh, don't own it anymore. Don't worry, I uh, had one made up special for you. Oh, oh, <laughs> and you say your mother died recently too, huh? Oh boy, yeah, this <laughs> mother, is all coming together. My mother. Oh my god, I'm fucking my mother. <laughs> Wait, Martha. <laughs> Why'd you say that name? <laughs> G- Put on her dress. Gee, Lana, I would, uh, I would love to come home with you, but uh, I have to go home and see Mother. Your mother's dead, Clark. Right. Guess I'll tell her myself. <laughs> uh, while this whole thing is going on, we do cut back to Metropolis really quickly as uh, Gus uh, devises the famous scheme of... You know, he notices he's got all these, like, taxes taken out of his paycheck, which also, it's a thing where, like, they make Richard Pryor just magically discover that taxes get taken out of paychecks. Like, he's come on, He's a fucking 38-year-old man. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's, it's almost, it's a weird thing where, like, he almost dips into doing stand-up material right here because he's got this little minor riff on, like, social security taxes and all of this shit. I, yeah, he I, does a tight five, and then we move on with the plot. <laughs> I don't know if I'm alone here. I don't think with like maybe one or two exceptions, I just don't think Richard Pryor was good in movies. Yeah, I'm not a big movie fan of his. I don't like those. I'm not a big fan of the him and uh, Gene Wilder films. Oh, really? Yeah. I think those are okay. I like uh, Blue Collar, Paul Schrader's Blue Collar. He's great in Blue Collar. That's not mm-hmm. like a comedy. No, but that's like that's where I I see what his potential as a screen yeah. actor. But his as pot- a comedian, it never worked for me. His potential in uh, Lost Highway to say two lines. Well, that's yeah. what you prefer. <laughs> that's- Always a weird one. He was one. a darker comedian than the movie. Like he was always like it was always like sweet family comedy. You know right. what I mean? And that didn't weird. fit I, him terribly well. I did grow up watching those uh, Gene Wilder movies, and I loved them at the time. I doubt they they hold up now, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't uh, watched it a long time. Oh, also though, he's um, see, it's him and Eddie Murphy, uh, Harlem Nights. Oh, that's oh, okay. Yeah. It's all right. That's I mean, okay. yeah, but again, it, again, it's not like. Richard Pryor in a comedy that matches the tone of his stand-up. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, he he gets pissed about taxes, and then we talk about fractions of a cent, and this is when he comes up with the uh, scheme wherein if he could steal those fractions of a cent, he could just embezzle from the company. And he does. And here's, the, I mean, because like, it, it's not even the world of direct deposit, so he, he has to get a check. He's like, it's, it's the check guy comes around with all of the, th- the checks. He's like, here's your check, Gus. And he's like, oh, I think I have another check. And he's like, Oh, you know what? Here's your other check for seventy-eight 
thousand dollars, dude. It's an insane it like thing. Eighty-five grand. Yeah. Eighty-five grand. Sorry. Eighty-five grand, and he's like, "Oh, can you check and see if there's a second check there? I had some uh, expenses that I put in for. Like, what expenses? You're a computer tinkerer. Oh, wait, oh yeah, Gus. All- here's a, a sack of gold bars that uh, came for you. Here you go. <laughs> uh, it's just in gold bar form. It, it's also kind of like. A stupid thing, right? It's like, oh, there's fractions of cents floating around, and you, my computer program now puts them all into one account. And again, it's like he does like computer command. Yes, take cents, put in account of this man. I, enter. I feel like this came up in other movies. This yes. scam, and I office forget space. where. Office, office space. space. Office space. Okay. Yeah, I, they, they, even, they even call it the Superman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, no. like he, when he expa- exp- explains it, he ends it with like, "It's the scam from Superman 3. Well, wouldn't that be stealing? <laughs> That's my uh, Jennifer Aniston impression. <laughs> totally, she's great in that movie. By she the is. way, mm-hmm. I rewatched it a little while ago. Oh, really? Great I've been quarantine rewatch Office Space. Love it. Nice. Um, uh, oh, weird thing here, Steve. Is this? I have a question about. Uh, we have to go to resident comic book expert Steve Sadak uh, uh, on a segment I'm going to call "Is This from the Comics?" Uh, in the scene where Clark is helping Lana clean up after the high school reunion, um, she says something about like how he's living in Metropolis and blah blah blah, and she refers to it as the Big Apricot. No, I've never heard of the big. Maybe I mean, obviously, <laughs> continuity has changed a ton. Maybe some story somewhere. Blah blah. Yeah, blah. like she said, and I was like, did she just fucking say big apricot? I think That's because, like, you know, it's definitely the big apple in yeah. the in these movies because we do get the UN and shit involved. But yeah, uh, so that it's but it's Metropolis, so they can't say big apple. No, I know, and that, but it's just it's such a dumb. It's I don't know. know. It's a dumb thing. From the comics, they uh, well, they were so like. I mean, obviously, it's 1983. A single mother isn't exactly um, something that we want to portray, uh, you know, at the time in society. So they were a little uncomfortable with Lana being a single mother. So they they wrote a whole comic where they like figured that out. I've never found it, this is just an IMDb. Maybe it's a, a, a apocryphal story, but like the idea of the single mother issue of Lana Lang, I would like to read. What the fuck? I mean, is she supposed to be like a widow? I guess so. But in this, in this movie, they pretty much said they got divorced, right? Yeah, that's what she says. Like. Something like, yeah, like he just like ran off or something. Yes. I maybe, bet, or maybe he is a supervillain. I bet you <laughs> in that comic is where they get the origins of Big Apricot. <laughs> that's where it is, Eric. But they, um, so Richard Pryor gets caught, or he's. They're like, uh, we cut to Robert Vaughn, who's finally in the movie, not just in in camera form right it's i I timed it by the way it's like 30 minutes until we have the villain that no one cares about dude and i've this office is fucking sick oh Oh, man the gray scale everything is like gray black and like light gray oh loving it loving it it's all shag carpeting though it's like crazy gray shag carpeting it looks like it goes up the fucking wall (laughs) villain all villains layers should look like they could also host an orgy Absolutely, I, I feel like that's just universal. absolutely very much uh, uh, in in part four the new Lex Luthor like high rise hangout. Mm-hmm. That's a definite. We're having six people fuck each other. At oh, the dude, same him time. and him and Ducky there fucking all fucking <laughs> sucking everybody, not yeah. each other because they're uncle and nephew. But it's just sort of like it's the, you're having Fargo sex well, with your nephew. Steve, you know what yep. I mean? They're Beds step, are next to each step, other, and you're yeah. fucking. It's step uncle and step nephew. So <laughs> oh, it's okay. Oh man. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and they're like, who could have done the, the weirdest part about this is his butler or whatever is like, we've been embezzled $85,000, sir. And he's like, but who could have done it? Who could have done it? It's like, you wrote a check to Gus fucking Gorman. Like, <laughs> Dude, it's, seriously. It's, yep. It's, yep. It's, exactly. It's the, I, I was about to say, to their credit, they catch it right away. But do they? <laughs> but they catch it due to one of the funniest laughs in the movie is Robert Vaughn being like, you know, uh, we'll have to like wait and see what happens here. He goes, uh, you know, unless we find out much quicker. But if we did that, that person would have to be a complete and utter moron. And then it's like you hear like tires screeching or whatever. And Richard Pryor pulls up in a Ferrari. <laughs> it's like at the fucking pink Cadillac and Goodfellas. Yeah. We should totally. mention here uh, he's flanked by uh, Lorelai, uh, uh, his his like uh, little uh, his girlfriend there, and uh, Annie Ross playing Vera. Him and Vera, Robert Vaughn, it's a real Phantom Thread and Leslie Mann Absolutely. kind of a situation. Not Leslie Mann, Leslie Manville. Leslie Manville, yes, Manville, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, like <laughs> the older sister is kind of like the caretaker slash boss of the younger brother. Mm-hmm. Very weird. Back- Back in the Daily Planet scene where they're talking about how hot Robert Vaughn is, <laughs> they take time to also talk about how fucking ugly Vera is. <laughs> where yes. like they're just like, it, yeah, she actually looks like that crater and all. Look at that. Oh boy. Oh yeah. What do we call it? He. Uh, I, I think Perry White's like, ah, oh, you got a bad picture, kid. And it's like, no, she looks like that. And it's like, okay, I got it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Oh, Annie! Oh, wow! Uh, I'm sorry, Annie Ross uh, li- died on July 21st of this this very year. What? Wow. She died four days ago. She died like four days Shit. ago, dude. Oh, rest in what, peace. Yeah. Wasn't she also the villain in Pump Up the Volume? Uh, I can look that up right now. I'm pretty uh, sure, and I think she's really good in it. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, and she's in Shortcuts. She, she's a great. I mean, she's and she's good in this, but it is very much like, did you come in here to ruin my breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Also, what happens to this woman at the end of the movie is fucking <laughs> abhorrent and embarrassing for the actor, man. Uh, but rest in peace. That's fucking crazy timing here. You came um, in here like a horse. <laughs> Ross, uh, Ross, I'm ordering asparagus. Oh, <laughs> Uh, So there's a big date where Clark goes... Uh, with Lana and Ricky to the Smallville bowling alley, the Smallville Bowlerama, I'd like to call it. Uh, and of course, because it's a small town bowling alley, uh, fucking uh, Brad is also there, wasted at eleven thirty in the morning. I got this is where I got a lot of sympathy for Brad. I don't yeah. know. I've been quarantined for four months. I'm like, ooh, getting drunk at a bowling alley at eleven o'clock in the morning. I could do it. Absolutely, dude. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, we got going here uh, before noon. I've been fucking drinking right through this. Ditto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. I cracked one at 10 a.m. Nice. But you know what? It's it, We're recording this on a Saturday, so it's there brunch. You go. It's brunch. <laughs> there you go. It's Fine. brunch. Fine. Um, I'm drinking this warm beer. It's a brunch beer, though. He, the kid is terrible at bowling. I don't even know uh, how little kids bowl. It's like fucking two times the size of their weight. Nope. Well, this is what's insane. I guess it was 1983, so maybe this wasn't invented yet. But, like, why aren't you doing bumper bowling? Thank like, you. They're, they're little kids. Yeah. What the, are you doing? What's going on? What? No. The, the bumpers Wait. were, of course, made in, like, 1920. What we all know this. <laughs> what is bumper bowling? What, are you kidding me? No, I'm not I, kidding. I, I do, I do not know what bumper bowling is. What in the fuck? 
okay. It's, it must uh, be an is... Albany expression. <laughs> <laughs> it's when, like, so, like, if you have little kids bowling, you put the bumpers down so they can't get a gutter ball. Oh, really? and it just kind of there's, bounces around. Well, yeah, I'm there's things that come down, and they, they block the yeah. bumpers. And no, then... no, I'd rip those bumpers right the fuck up. Kids got to <laughs> learn life is hard. Dude, a little kid who's as big of a loser as Ricky, man, like, you can't, yeah. you don't want to get a gutter ball in public. I, like, listen, it's just too much. If he wants a win, he better earn it. I see Eric is truly of the Brad Wilson school of thought here. <laughs> yeah, totally. The Brad Wilson bowling academy at the very least. Because Brad comes over, stumbles over, like, oh, hey, teacher. sweet thing. He calls her sweet thing. Hey, sweet thing. He's drunk. Well, it's kind of weird because, like, you know, she's really attractive, obviously, and she's single, but that doesn't mean she has to marry this guy. You know what no, I mean? Like, and that's the weird, like, small town logic that yep. Brad is using, though. He's like, well, who else in Smallville, babe? You're the only single woman, and I'm the only available bachelor in the whole town. <laughs> that's what's w- really weird is, like, I remembered them being together when, yes. like, I, the last time I watched it. But, like, when I was looking, I was like, oh, no, he's just hanging around her all the time because he's a pathetic lunatic. This is very interesting, and I think it speaks to doing the show for so long and really getting into a groove of how we do things because uh, I noticed that detail only this time, Chris. And I remember the last time watching it was the last time I watched it for this show, thinking that Brad was like the father of Ricky and he was just like the drunk ex-boyfriend or ex-husband that was hanging around the whole time. I completely missed the line about like the husband skipping town and all of that shit. I think it's because like, you you know how fucked up we get now when we watch stuff. Back then it was like three times the amount. We were just young, dumb, and fucking functioning alcoholics back then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it's a silly scene wherein uh, Brad tries to teach him how to really do it and then Clark's like no let him do it his way and Clark of course he sneezes and blows the ball into the bowling pins so fast and so hard that they fucking turn to dust and I'm sorry this is the beginning of an ET investigation on Ricky you know what I mean exactly dude the FBI is on their way Mm -hmm. Scully have you heard about the bowling alien (laughs) he always gets a strike Scully (laughs) doesn't make sense no one could get a strike every time now, yeah, it, it really speaks to, like, when Clark is doing this kind of meddling, like, he has to tone it down. But also, what's weird about this is you really realize how fast on his feet Kal-El is able to think. Because the he is able to, like, he's looking around you know sort of like usual suspecting the room Mm -hmm. being like what can i use to fucking do this scam (laughs) and like when he walks away from like ricky like he makes sure ricky has the bowling ball and he walks away he fake trips over the ashtray that's right there again this only works because we're smoking in bowling alleys Mm -hmm. and he's like oh i tripped over the ashtray now all the ashes in my nose and ah chew like that's what he uses (laughs) to justify the sneeze and so no one notices that it it's what actually makes the ball go he makes all the ash go into everyone's eyes (laughs) just tons of ash just flying directly into your eyeball at 65 miles an hour it's like jim belushi cheating in a fist fight (laughs) i'm just gonna always be thinking now of Mulder like going up to the uh, obliterated pin and like touching it and licking it a little bit <laughs> and just turning to Scully and I'm like, Scully, have you ever heard of Krypton? <laughs> um, this, then they have another date in a cornfield. This is when he's dressed like a, like, like uh, he is in high school and they, it's a nice little picnic. Ricky goes off with this dog and like, you don't see it, but he like gets he passes out in the cornfield. He's looking for his dog, yeah, and like, the threshers he... are coming right for him. Yeah, but how does how does it get to the point where this is happening? Superman, you have fucking ears, don't you? And also, 
Well, I guess back then we obviously didn't watch children. No one watched me until now, but uh, <laughs> n- now I'm under lock and key. I've got a fucking leash my wife puts me on. But, and I mean that like a, a, a troubled child, not, you know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, you're only going to do harm to yourself, dude. Someone exactly, has to watch you at all times. Exactly. But the fact that this kid gets so far in the field and injured and passed out in front of a thresher <laughs> while Superman is trying to get some? Oh, dude. totally. It's, it's weird. Weird. like Lana. Like, so Clark is like, you know, they sit down. The picnic's nice. He's like, oh, you know, it's this is really nice, Lana. And she goes, uh, it's even nicer when or he says something about like, oh, it's really nice around here or something. And she goes, oh, yeah, it's even nicer when there's a man around, which is not that often. I'm like, oh, God damn it, Lana. Come on. Well, well, what about Brad? Oh, he's not a man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ricky, I think Ricky's passed out. We can fuck in the cornfield. <laughs> no, no, for... First, I'm going to eat dog food. Oh, the dog food. Come on, guys. Yeah, you're right. This is, Chris, you're totally right. Richard Lester wanted to make a movie called Stuperman. Yep. And <laughs> he eats dog food, he fucks around in bowling alleys, and he never gets laid. No, you see, the joke is that he eats the dog food and he actually likes it. He, yeah, he thinks it's pate. Good line of, hey, pate. And, yeah, totally. Uh, but, like, again, it's like... You're Superman. You can look at it and you know that it's not pate. So why are you deciding to be this fucking little abuse pig and just humiliate <laughs> yourself like I, this? Do you think that th- this might be a thing wherein all food is dog food to Kal-El? He's just like, oh, oh man. Oh. And crypt- you want to eat real food? You get my mom's kryptonite spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my with- mother's sauce. I go to the Fortress of Solitude. I pu- I'm punching a bunch of crystals and I get my mom's krypton spaghetti. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> it's- it's made of pure light. Down here on Earth, they <laughs> fucking feed me egg noodles and ketchup like a schnook. Dude, yeah, Kryptonian cuisine, it's got to be out of this world. <laughs> oh, yeah, excellent. Uh, I don't know about excellent. Uh, <laughs> we cut back to Richard Pryor for a bit. He is, you know, Robert Vaughn calls him up to the office. He's like, I know what you've been up to. Uh, and well, you know, goes, I know you, what you've been up to, you naughty boy. You uh, very <laughs> naughty, naughty boy. It's like, oh, fuck. I got to suck this guy's dick or go to jail. Awesome. Yeah, totally. There's a weird line where they, I think something about jail comes up and uh, he's he's like, you know, do you know like what they have in jail? Or, I don't know what the line uh, the, is. The, but, line, the line is robber, they have robbers and rapists and rapers who rape robbers. Robbers and rapists and racists who rape robbers. Oh, racists! I missed the. I, I think is that, what it was there. Yeah, that's the prior okay. line, and I was like, "All right, that, is that is that the song that they cut out of the Sound of Music?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, yep. yeah, just put that fucking thing right in the middle of my Superman movie. Sure, I, for you know, children, me, robbers yeah. and rapists and racists who rape robbers. <laughs> uh, and then there's a fucking horrible line where Robert Vaughn's like, like explains the whole thing, and he's like. Dig where I'm coming from, brother. Yeah, oh, no. farts. And so this is like we get the explanation of the first part of Robert Vaughn's plan here, where he wants to fuck up the coffee bean uh, crops in Colombia to like totally destabilize their whole industry, so then he can be the number one coffee seller in the and, world. And Eric, what's the name of the satellite that's going to do this? Uh, yeah, that's right, Chris. It's called Harp. <laughs> What? Been, this is Alex Jones uh, we're talking about. There's a secret government program, uh-huh. and this is true, folks, that you could alter the weather through this installation called HARP. Does he believe that? Yeah, that's yeah. a very common conspiracy That's theory. a big one. Oh, um, well, the, in, the, in the movie, it's called Vulcan. The Vulcan weather satellite. Yes. 
and he has to go to Smallville of all places to uh, hack into it. I guess is the idea. Well, there's some weird thing where he's saying like whatever the name of uh, uh, Webster Industries. Yeah, or like Web Websco or something like okay. that. He's like, there's a bunch of Websco offices like around the country, so we'll send you to like one that's kind of out of the way, so you can do your hacking in peace. I guess is the it, idea. It is just so stupid. They shouldn't be anywhere near Smallville. Yeah, no, no definitely not. Or find or like look at the script and be like, okay, this doesn't make sense. We need to have a real reason why he would go to Smallville. You know what I mean? Like, let's rewrite this part so it makes sense why he would have to go to Smallville. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, he does go to Smallville. There is kind of a funny moment where when he gets to town, it's also like right when I think it's like uh, Clark and Lana are uh, like getting provisions for the picnic or something. And Clark fucking hits him with the door of the car. It's kind of Clark a good... is spending a lot of time here in Smallville. I mean, I guess he's getting this hot story. Like, it, he can't actually turn this, the story into Perry White until he gets the HJ. So it's really yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is this like? Leading the lifestyle section? Where is this story? <laughs> but I think also part of it. I mean, yeah, I guess it would be lifestyle. I, I guess. Don't know. But yeah. I think part of it is also, and the movie doesn't weigh this as well as it should, especially because the last movie was also all about like. What if I just wasn't Superman? But yes. in this movie, it should totally be a thing where he's like really sort of mesmerized by the notion of like, oh, fuck. Like if I just stop being Superman, I can move back to Smallville. Lana and I could maybe get married. You know, I could be happy here. Yes. Yada, yada. This is a perfect moment for that kind of, Absolutely. you know, Superman arguing with, you know, himself. Well, kind well, of. Instead, later instead when he's writing a fucking article that's like, well, yeah, Mr. Mr. White. Yeah, I put on a big fuzzy hat. Um, I make the girl buy me a drink and I neg her a bunch. <laughs> How to fuck your high school sweetheart in yeah, six, his, in his six his short own, days. It's just a pickup artist column. Totally. He's, he's fucking uh, what, mystery. Yes, that's a VH1 loser. <laughs> my, my favorite thing about Gus arriving at Smallville is there. this is the first instance of this weird Oingo Boingo goes country uh, soundtrack oh, in the back yes. of this thing. This yeah. does not sound like Giorgio Moroder unless he got real weird with it. Um, but maybe it, maybe he did. I mean, it is I'm like it. weird, like slide guitar kind of shit. But then the bass line is like way wacky and like seventies sounding, like a Chuck E. Cheese like automated band backing yes. almost. <laughs> oh shit! Totally, it's really weird. And totally, they, dude. They wind up. Uh, he winds up going to uh, this office is where Brad. Oops, he's the security guard there. And he just tricks him like a fucking cartoon drunk with a bunch of booze. It's kind now, of fucking funny. It's great, but here's a question. How does Gus know that Brad is a huge alcoholic? Great question. You know what I mean? Because the whole thing is like Richard Pryor comes up to the door of this, you know, it's like a farm factory store or something, farm supply store. And, you know, he's knocking on the door and Brad is the drunk security guard and he comes up. He's like, our office is closed. And Pryor's doing like, oh, hello there. Uh, I'm from the corporate office and the big guy needs me uh. to get into the computer system. Like he's doing a phony voice or whatever. Uh. And he opens this suitcase. He's like, we got to get this set up today. And it's just like this traveling salesman briefcase of booze. I, I think I got it. I think he's a computer genius. Yeah. So he gets uh, his records. And on his records, it says, likes the sauce. Oh, uh, totally. Right across the second page. 
He finds the, the Smallville class of 65 yearbook and Brad was most likely to become town drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. You know, he just hacked into the government records. He's got six Deweys, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, you know oh, what's going sure. on. So he goes in and they get smashed. He's doing your, your class. This is the Singapore sling scene. Mm-hmm. Oh right, where he's like, "Oh, it doesn't it doesn't taste like there's enough vodka in this." And Pryor's like, "Yeah, there's no vodka in this." He's like, "Well, come on, I'll put some vodka in it too. Let's do it." Oh, <laughs> and they are getting fucking super wasted. Richard Pryor's wearing this uh, hilarious huge cowboy hat. Yeah, it's this it's it, this whole thing is so dumb. This whole sequence. There is a funny moment in the sequence though, where Richard Pryor just does this quick physical gag where he's scared of his own reflection in a mirror, which is kind of great. Oh, yeah, I mean, like he, he's worried there might be another security guard or something. But actually, this is actually how hackers should be, now that I'm thinking about it. Like, if you want to, like, influence my vote or whatever else, just come over and get me drunk first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, All then these you Russian can... hackers are getting you fucking wasted. Yeah, get you fucking... plastered, then you can uh, destroy the Colombian coffee crop. <laughs> he... Uh Oh no! But th- there's so much product placement in this scene. Oh, he yeah. opens a closet. It's got just—it's like a tote bag from KFC. He goes into the computer room, <laughs> and I swear to God, there's a two posters for golf on CBS and <laughs> the NBA on CBS, and it's just like, oh yeah, put those. You know, it's great CBS. We just love it. It just brightens up the office. I mean, have him break into break into like a TV affiliate if we're going to do that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Not this. Farm goods store office. I, did, or I didn't whatever. even know what was that. I was like, "What is this? A bank? I have no idea what this thing is." <laughs> I, I had no clue. So he uses the computer to hack in. There's this is and some more Richard Lester silliness. There's now, wackiness with the ATM here. Yeah, this whole thing. Here's my question about this: Is this because it's a montage of him doing a bunch of shit? So it's like, yeah, there's a bonkers ATM, uh, a, a dude gets a credit card bill, and there's a huge Bloomingdale statement on it, uh, traffic light sabotage happens, and all of this before he gets to the weather satellite, and I was like, is this like Richard Pryor's character is like drunk hacking, and he keeps getting into the wrong system? Oh, is guess. that the joke That's here? kind of what I think. Okay. I thought it was like a, that Die Hard sequel where it's like, I'm doing a fire sale. Every pure chaos everywhere. <laughs> oh fuck, dude! Actually, you know what? Great Superman villain, Timothy Oliphant. Well, that's the other thing too. You don't know anything about Gus aside from that he's kind of a ne'er do well. You don't know like he, he's interested in money, sure, but like why is he hacking into ATMs to get people? Why is he trying to get this woman? smacked in the face with a lemon by her fucking british husband this is such a fucking monty <laughs> python seaside joke by the way it definitely oh, it's is the, oh my word the, this is ridiculous the, my wife would matters with the credit card i'm going to put my <laughs> grapefruit in her face that's a boing it's a james exactly. cagney reference what the fuck are you doing here it's yeah, weird, and true. all of it is too like classical music that gives it a bit of like a 2001 twitch just a bit of just like you know uh we're looking at all this computer work that he's doing and you're seeing like um you know all like all of the the main computer hub systems come to life and it's like dun 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 <laughs> and you're seeing like the the tape to tape computers memory systems start coming alive and everything and it's everything's fucking whizzing and bl- banging and clanging 
It's fucking dumb. And yeah, he hacks into the weather thing. He destroys Columbia in general. Like I think uh, it's rain. He uses right a huge storm. He creates. Yeah, yeah. The controlling of the weather. It's very like you know what. There you go. Make yes. your entire movie around that satellite. Absolutely, dude. Like, oh fuck, there's a huge tidal wave coming for Metropolis. But but uh, there's like, a million Superman villains who try to control the weather, or DC villains that can control the weather through various means. You make him the weather wizard. We're having a great time. You, you, it's totally fine. You, you can't see me doing the finger thing, but the finger thing <laughs> means the money. Well, then you know what? Just scale it back. Make a new villain. He's just a simple guy in a suit. They call me the weather man. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. It sounds like a comic book movie. Forecast almost. for you, Superman. Ooh, not good. Here's a question. Has that happened in a comic book adaptation? Like, have we just made a fake character? I'm sure to, that we To have. be a villain? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, the, the one thing that jumps into my head right now, at least, is... Well, Nuclear Man, actually, is, is totally made up. <laughs> So, oh, so that's fake. So yeah. that's a fake one. I, I was also going to say, like, was Max Shrek a character in the Batman comics? Like Probably Christopher, not. Christopher Walken in, in Batman Returns? No, I don't think so. Was kind of one in that way. What's that big shit cloud in Green Lantern? That's a real one, sadly. Uh, <laughs> but he's not a green shit cloud. He's a an interdimensional space being that 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 uh, infects people Are you, as opposed really? to parallax. Yeah, oh yeah. Damn. But Wait, it infects cloud. people so you could have done a cool, like... Guess where Parallax? Like, guess who Parallax is inside right oh, now? Oh yeah, he, well he makes uh, Hal Jordan become evil for a very long time. Oh, Why couldn't like they do see- that in that movie? Because he had to be a, a, a shit cloud. Oh okay. <laughs> oh oh right. The uh, the shit cloud yeah, accord. Had to be the shit cloud. They should have had a, something. Uh, they should have had a better Parallax view. Mm. Oh, excellent! Yeah. Great movie, by yes, the way. Yes, I love. That's a great movie. If you haven't seen Parallax View, check it out. Warren so, Beatty. The Z plot of the the guy who goes to Columbia, his vacation's ruined. So we go back to uh, Clark does go back to small uh, Metropolis. Um, Lana expresses at some point that she would love to go to Metropolis to start over. She might wind up doing that eventually. So it's kind of a maybe a long distance relationship here. Clark is there. He oversees this dumbass coming back from Columbia to bother Perry White. Oh, he's like gonna sue him or some yeah, shit. Like the the wife is care. like in an arm cast and he's got a neck brace on. He's and like running in there like, man, Perry White, I'm so upset with you. This this is when Lana calls up Clark and she's like, hey man. Oh, uh, Clark actually goes. To, uh, Superman st- reverses whatever the fuck uh, Richard Pryor did in oh, Columbia, yeah. thus let's, spoiling Robert Vaughn. This is stupid. Question let's, mark? Let's, question mark? How? How? Well, let's talk about this for a second because this is an insanely lazy way that they go about this. So this is where we're seeing Robert Vaughn is skiing on the top of his, you know, his roof chalet. And, you know, this is where he comes up with the plan. Like, wow, that works so well, Richard Pryor, you know, today, coffee, tomorrow, oil sort of a thing. And then Richard Pryor is the one he comes in and he's like, Oh, Hey, Robert Vaughn. So here's what went down when, uh, I was like, we were doing this thing in South America, and it's Richard Pryor just telling the story of what Superman did to foil the South America plans. And like, you just see three different shots of Superman doing a thing, but then it keeps cutting back to Richard Pryor, like acting out the story. And he's like, and then Superman was flying around, like, 
Yeah. And I'm like, dude, show me Superman fucking foiling uh, this plan. They, they cut to it a little bit of him using like heat vision on like the the coffee crops so that they dry up. And, and it's, it is just so weird, too, because Robert Vaughn was like watching it on TV. Like, OK, my plan is worked. And then instantly when Gus Gorman shows up, he's just like, hey, it didn't work. Also, yeah, totally. Aren't those laser eyes just going to go to like the core of the earth then? <laughs> can you like, can you do settings? Yeah, I think he's got s- settings, okay. dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to do really light settings. You could, you could roast those beans, dude. <laughs> Your jacket is now dry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is also the fucking dumbest donkey dick moment where Richard Pryor falls off the roof of a skyscraper on skis and lives to tell the tale. It's Why insane. have that? Why have that? Because it's more that British slapstick comedy crap. Yep, you're totally right. It, you know, it works, uh, you know, in certain circles, not in a Superman movie. Oh, isn't it irreverent? <laughs> <laughs> You know, give me Superman set in like 1915 and do vaudeville acts around it. I'd be happy with that. Fuck, dude! It's Superman. He teams up with the Marx Brothers for some reason. Exactly. Pretty great. Um, this so is this when the Lana phone call. Is that what we're talking? Yeah, about she here? calls him and she's like, "Hey, man, um, Ricky really wants Superman at his fucking birthday party." And it's well, you know what, lady? That's you, know, you got to take that up with Superman. I'm just Clark Kent. All right. Hey, hey. And fucking Ricky, dude, not only does he want Superman at his birthday party, this little motherfucker, this little shitty at bowling motherfucker, uh, has told the whole town that Superman's already coming for the birthday. <laughs> you little piece of right. shit, Ricky. Because Superman saved him from the thresher and all that. And one great line from that scene is like, Lana's like, oh my God, Superman was just here. I can't believe you. Ma- oh, Lana, I'm from Metropolis. I see Superman all the time. <laughs> oh, right. He does set up that they're kind of like best buds almost. Yeah, well, it's but it's also weird. a thing where like, is, are people in Metropolis like less, a bit nonplussed with Superman at this point? I think point? so. Well, I yeah. think so, dude. It's, it's like how us New Yorkers never really gave a shit that much about like the naked cowboy, yeah. but like, he was a sensation all over the country. I mean, the naked cowboy couldn't fly, dude. You don't well, that's know that. True. That's well, he, he, also, he also couldn't be president, which uh, he tried to do. He flew into my heart, Steve. If you would please stop. Stop. His superpower is he can't wear pants. <laughs> He's already in his underwear floating around. You've got to double. The naked cowboy is definitely double bagging that underwear, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's like if your, you're doing your real, like your ball protector, you know. <laughs> I think it's a diaper, dude. I think he's just pissing and shitting in there. It could be. And then you have like your wrestling, you know, your purple wrestling trunks outside of it. So it looks all flashy and whatnot. But yeah, inside you're just pissing and shitting yourself just like everybody else. Because you know what? A tourist with a $1 bill might come along. Yeah. I better piss and shit myself uh, in the middle of Times Square. Uh, otherwise known as the show must go on, Eric. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very true. Uh, is he even still around? Does he no, still do that? I, I, no, I think he's long gone well that was that with the covid dude i think he was gone he was gone long before covid though yeah that's good i I, I hope it's i am legend but it's with the fucking cowboy (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't see that uh there is a thing like right when lana calls him he's like putting the finishing touches on his little fucking high school incel story and he's like (laughs) the prettiest girl in school is still the prettiest girl in school and you're just like oh man god damn it weirdo like i don't know dude you fucking you're you're a a successful reporter that looks like christopher reeve in 1983 go get laid like you know what dude it's insane. Like this sausage should constantly be underwater. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> um, so he he goes back. This is when uh, Gus Gorman is tasked with killing Superman, 
And they're like, oh, you know, in that story that they wrote, he has a weakness to something called kryptonite. And it's like, okay, well, there's got to be some flying around in space and computers know all about space. So go on a computer, figure out what kryptonite is. I, I don't know. Just get to the next scene, Rick. I don't know what's going on. It's so dumb. And it's it's just another, like, it's a thing where Robert Vaughn is, he does the same thing. And this is what's dumb. He does the exact same thing that Gene Hackman does yes. in part one, where he's like, Oh, well, if his planet blew up, then I guess logically there'd be some bits of that scattered throughout the universe. So let's just use some bleep bloop blop computering and figure out where the fuck that planet was. But also then Richard Pryor and uh, uh, Laura Lai both know it because they've been paying attention to the other movies. Oh, (laughs) yes, that's totally right. They saw the first two movies in theaters and uh, uh, everybody else did not. You're totally right. I I do. It's an interesting idea to try to, like, make an artificial kryptonite. But the way they go about it is, you know, you know, it's so so like Gus Gorman's on the computer and it's just like, oh, the satellites finally found a chunk of kryptonite in space. And it says these are the materials. It's very lazy. Yeah, it is. exactly. And one thing is like point oh oh five is unknown, and he's he's got his trusty cigarettes with him because it's nineteen eighty three, <laughs> and he's like, oh, might as well fucking put some tar in there if it's good enough for me. It's good enough for Superman. Absolutely, dude. Superman must love smoking, and he's just like <laughs> ashing into the petri dish. <laughs> I guess that's what makes him so scummy is the tar. Uh-huh. Yeah, it turns him into Sinner Man. <laughs> um, so this is the General Patton scene. Uh, uh, <sighs> this is they like. Are- it's Go too ahead, much see. Richard Pryor here. It's way too much Richard Pryor. I, I, yeah. I have a note here. Ed, did everybody see the cake? Wait, no, I, missed, I missed cake? There's a Superman cake, and it is like the wet, wettest <laughs> cake I've ever seen. It's like glistening. Like, well, is, it, is, it like, is it the cake's fault, or like are they leaving it out in the sun? <laughs> I think they let it, left it out in the sun, and I also uh-huh. think they just didn't... Uh, they got cheap frosting that like almost oh. melts. Fuck. Oh, oh you know, maybe it's a little buttercream situation. It's possible. You got a, fucking, you got a, you got an international celebrity Superman coming here, and you could give him a subpar cake. Get, get some homemade totally. pies going. I know that get, people get make he- pies in fucking Smallville. Get <laughs> him on. a hero's cake, right? Yes, please. Yes, where is that goddamn hero cake from fucking uh, Man of Steel? <laughs> Absolutely disgusting um, cake. And uh, this, this, yeah. is, this whole ceremony with the patent spoof is because of the birthday party, right? It's this, it's an insane thing where like Superman and this sucks, right? Like Superman's like, all right, fine. I'm fucking going home twice in two weekends. That's embarrassing, but whatever. I'll go back. <laughs> I'll go and I'll go to this kid's birthday party, do a tight five, get out of there. Exactly. I'll be fucking back before the the Smallville Rockets face <laughs> off against the fucking, you know, whoever. I'm gonna watch some minor league baseball on my TV. Oh, actually, no time for that. No time for some minor league baseball. I gotta do a bar mitzvah, uh sweet sixteen, <laughs> and then I'm capping the evening off with appearing at a bachelor party. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Superman's like the Ghostbusters at the start of the sequel. <laughs> it's That's what it's become. It's, it's insane. Sad. And he's like, I'm thinking I'm just doing this private event for my good buddy Ricky, my fucking hot ass high school crush, Annette O'Toole. Uh, and then like maybe some of Ricky's little loser friends. And I know that Ricky's a loser, so there's not going to be that many friends there. <laughs> and then he shows up and there's like a bandstand put together and Smallville welcomes Superman. Fuck you, Lana. I can't believe you let the word out about this. I'll drop her instantly. Exactly. Mm. Fuck this. Don't exploit me like that i'm fucking superman look i i yeah i would like to be with you for new year's eve but i'm actually doing a party for a puff daddy's liquor line uh and i, I promise him i'd be in vegas uh i'm sorry i can't i can't hang out with you and your son i'm sorry 
It's so insane. That's right. That's right, Puff Daddy. We won't stop. This liquor is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) No, I told you we won't stop. Glug, glug. (laughs) That's right, Puff Daddy. What I do is not about the Benjamins, but what you do is all about the Benjamins. (laughs) This liquor might save the world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Puff Daddy, it looks like I can retire because this liquor is going to save the world. (laughs) That's what he should use to defeat Brad. Just tosses a bunch of fucking Puff Daddy branded liquors at him. (laughs) That would actually be great, dude. That's a great end for Brad as he fucking drowns in a vat of beer for some reason. Hey, Superman, <laughs> you said you were going to do my Crystal Skull Vodka invented in the fucking parking lot of a New Jersey liquor store. Yang, yang, yang. Where are you? <laughs> I got to go. Dan Eckert's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Eckert needs me. Hello, what is that I hear? Dan Aykroyd is about to suffer heat stroke in the parking lot of a New Jersey liquor warehouse. He drops a bus full of school children that he was saving and flies off. I'm sorry, a kid's Dr. Detroit needs me. You don't understand. He's out of cocaine. I have to help him. Well, you know, Dan, I'm an alien and you believe in aliens. And that's why you have this crazy vodka company. Glug, should, glug. Like Superman should give preferential treatment to people that believe in aliens. Hey, Absolutely. Dan, I'm an alien. Do you think I have a crystal skull? <laughs> fucking Superman is just hanging out in a fucking t-shirt that says angels and airwaves all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That is a not great band. Um, so the, so the, the thing. Right? Yeah, the whole thing is like the mayor is like, oh, here you go, Superman. Uh, you're the best. Here's a key to the city. And Superman's just like, great, another key to the city. Thanks, asshole. I'll <laughs> fucking be sure to drop this in some cornfield on my flight home. Yeah. No, there's a Fortress of Solitude room with a bunch of fucking medals that he never even looks at. He just oh, really? It you in think there. he's got a trophy oh, room, dude? Yes. And then he goes in there and jerks off. <laughs> He's got like a collection. He's got pieces of every building he's ever crashed through. <laughs> like little pieces. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Phoenix 82. I remember this one. Yeah, yeah, World nice. Trade Center. Yeah. <laughs> remember that. I wouldn't right, forget that. Off well, day Dan, for put, me. I'll, I'll put this Crystal Skull Vodka on my mantle in the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> no, it's got to go in the fridge. Yang, 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 yang. It's been chilled at all times. Yang, yang, yang. Uh, l- listen to me. It means nothing if you don't do the social media, too. It means nothing <laughs> if you just have it. You got to tweet, Superman. <laughs> yang, yang, yang. You forgot a hashtag, Superman. <laughs> all right, Superman, you got to do it again next week for a make good. Yang, yang, yang. <laughs> make Superman. You got to do make goods. Oh, man. That's what happens when you're a superhero and you fucking sell out, dude. You're doing make goods. <laughs> That's no good to me. The promotion window ended, Superman. I need to make good. <laughs> oh, man. Superman's IG. That is the hottest account. Oh, no, definitely. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So just, yeah. just chilling out here in the Fortress of Solitude with some Crystal Skull vodka. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Superman's taking over our IG account today. Nying, nying, nying. <laughs> Superman takeover. Nying, nying. And then he'll be in a parking lot with me in Hamden, Connecticut. <laughs> I love that he can never get these liquor displays inside the store, but he is always in the parking lot. I love that detail. Uh, Whatever. So he's fucking, you know, giving a speech and then like Richard Pryor comes in doing this garbage patent parody. And in the middle of it, he's like, here's a real prize for you, Superman, a huge green fucking rock. And I'm like, I would jump on a chair like I've seen a mouse if I was Superman. Totally. Eat a green rock. Eat. 
he's got a gun. <laughs> like that is the fucking level of reaction you need. Scared by a mouse or he's got a gun. He just takes it and holds it. And he's just like, oh, thanks. I'll put it with the rest of this stuff in the jerk off room. <laughs> thanks so much, fake general. Is this just a big piece of jade? <laughs> Pardon me, did I just win guts right now? What happened? <laughs> did I just get to the top of the aggro crag before everybody else? Aggro crag, man. Nice pull. Hey, uh, Superman, if you're not going to use that green rock, I could use it. <laughs> you know, uh, Superman, yeah, sure, you beat all the kids to the top of the aggro crag, but you're Superman, <laughs> and they're all 12-year-old children. Well, Lois, it was our first time for everyone through it, so we're all at the same skill level. <laughs> Let's go to Mo with the results. Mo. Well, Superman clocked in at .001 second. Marcus clocked in at 2 minutes and 40 seconds. And Elizabeth clocked in at 3 minutes and 12 seconds. Fantastic. Back to the action. (laughs) That's another event where Superman is sweeping at .001 second. And it's always, it's really kind of even less than that. But that's the smallest fraction we can get here. Well, thanks a lot, Mo. And may I remind all the Nickelodeon viewers that next week I'll also be appearing on Legends of the Hidden Temple and Nick Arcade. <laughs> Stay tuned for Superman Competes Week here on Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh, dude. What a fucking sellout. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, fucking Nick Arcade now sponsored by Crystal Skull Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> tell your parents. <laughs> or tell your older brother, whatever. I don't know. Uh, I do but, love, there is a fucking great gag in the Richard Pryor speech, though, where he totally makes fun of Smallville residents, calling him fat. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, you guys go to church every day, right? And you like sitting places? Well, you you know, uh, what do you sit on that's molded to your well-fed behinds? And I'm like, oh, you're calling him fat, Richard Pryor. Nice. <laughs> he does this I, whole, like, bit about plastics and chemicals. Yes. And, like, he's like, don't we want to be a country... That still makes chemicals, and some guy in the fucking audience says, says yeah. <laughs> you just hear yeah. it, and like, it's the front of the audio. Some guy's like, yeah, yeah, chemicals. Mm-hmm. There's they another do- fucking KFC reference right here, because it's like, oh, yeah, something, something. Uh, you know, you get the chicken in the bucket, and nobody knows the recipe kind of a thing. And this is where he's like tell he's like telling Robert Vaughn like hey man oh, right. uh, he's like he's like you know how the chicken in the bucket nobody knows what all the ingredients are he's like well that's what happened with this synthetic kryptonite that I made uh, so that's why it didn't work it's a thing where um, it's a pretty funny Robert Vaughn joke actually he's like I ask you to to kill Superman you can't even do me that one simple favor it, it's pretty humorous. <laughs> uh, it's a good line that is good that is great uh, but like it, it it is that's why Superman doesn't actually uh, react to the kryptonite because it's like oh it didn't work it's just a big hunk of rock but it actually does affect him yeah dude it's like that fucking creeper weed you know what I mean <laughs> you're sitting there you're like I'm not high at all better smoke some more of this weed and then like 10 minutes later you're like <laughs> huh Richard Pryor looks like you were ripped off huh and then it's just like <laughs> a lot of uh, seeds in this uh, kryptonite. <laughs> I remember when I did mushrooms for the first time. Uh, I was at a field with a buddy of mine, and he literally did not have eyes at the moment. He's like, "Dude, we got ripped off." I was like, "Not the time for that one, man." <laughs> no, I think we're doing just fine. <laughs> we better not have been, or else you're in real trouble. Did he fucking even out there? Yeah, he got there. He, yeah. He, he, you'll, you'll, you'll always get there. Um, so whatever. So this is when Superman starts to... 
he starts to become evil like kind of quickly, immediately. And it, the first thing you do if you're evil, you're like, you know what I'm fucking sick of? That leaning tower of fucking Pisa always being around. Like he I mean, goes this, all the way to Italy for no reason. It makes it. It's really weird because we don't fully know that he's evil yet. So I'm like, is he just trying to fix shit around? Well, like, oh, that's well, a leaning tower. It, it Let's does, fix it. It doesn't really start like it, it just kind of happens. And then a netto yes. tool comes into the room to say, hey, some oh, person's right. almost dead on a bridge. And he's like, hey, 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 don't worry about that. He puts on, you know, Barry White's never never going to give you up. <laughs> and starts saying, why don't we just sit down here and have an afternoon together? That's kind of the best scene of the movie because it's so creepy the way that yes. it's played. Well, because he's like, you know, it's not often that I get to sit around with a gorgeous woman like oh, you. Dude, yeah. It's kind of weird, man, because he's like, uh, she goes, uh, she goes like, hey, Superman, you know, there's trouble on this bridge. He, you better take off. And he goes, it's okay. I always get there on time. And he's like fucking super horny. And she's like, like he sits down on the couch and he's getting all like close and whatnot. And she's like, seriously, dude, that bridge? And he goes, <laughs> he's like, what bridge? <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, and, and it's it's creepy. It's it, it, you know this you know to Christopher Reed's credit, he's doing it here. You know what I mean? He's he he figured yep. out what creepy Superman would look like, and it looks a lot like this. Oh, dude, absolutely. And this is like the he fucking he he leaves Lana's house. He's like. Because it's still not fully taken over him yet. And he's like, he kind of shakes his head like, oh, geez, you're right. I better get out of here. And he flies to the bridge. But before <laughs> he gets there, the fucking truck falls off the bridge and crashes. And the it. guy's like, some dude's like, if only you'd gotten here a minute sooner, I guess, <laughs> Superman, you fucking lazy piece of shit. Yeah. It's shitty, though. Like, I don't know, man. I can't stop everything. And I'm allowed to get laid sometimes. Sorry, well, everybody. That is the Superman Santa Claus paradox, right? Mm. It's like, you know, does Santa Claus, you know, in your telling of the tale, like, go around the world in that way? Like, how is he doing that all in one night? How is mm. Superman expected to stop, like, every problem around the world? How? Or is he just, like, America's yeah. superhero, you and know? How is he eating all those milk and cookies? <laughs> Also, that very important. You gotta have a super stomach to have that much milk at, at his age. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, dude, you fucking. Yikes. You want to see some hucks steel pellets into the sun, dude? Drink that, that much milk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck! Look at those steel pellets going into the sun. Looks like Superman ran out of lactate again. Oh, <laughs> uh, Superman's got to sit this one out. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Superman's got to take this global emergency off. Yeah, Superman's got a milk shit to. A fucking whole dairy problems happening. He drinks. Sorry, like, Lana. I shouldn't have had all that uh, all that pork. <laughs> he, he takes like a silo from the Pepto Bismol factory and just drinks it from the silo. <laughs> oh god, damn it! That's disgusting. He so he's his, evil he now, could, sort yeah. of. He should Fuck. fart at people. Anyway, <laughs> go on. Thank you. He's evil now. It's he's a montage evil. of him being a piece of shit is the idea. And it's like he, he fixes the Leaning Tower of Pisa. The hilarious joke is the dude selling souvenirs is all pissed off. Uh, he does that. I, I I think when he flies away, does he give kind of like a yeah, like hand gesture he, to he those Italian his- dudes? <laughs> Oh, no, I don't know if he does. The guy bites his thumb at him, which is like, you know. A, a, a kind it of sounded a like, it, it not sounded, it looks like as like right as Superman's about to fly off the corner of the frame, he does the like top of his hand under the chin oh, kind of wow. like <laughs> kind of thing, <laughs> which is which is hard to explain on a podcast. But I think you know what I'm doing. Um, During this montage, there's a brief moment where it's like apparently all the world governments like the U.N. censures Superman, but Colombia abstains from the vote, which I appreciated. Yeah, I like that. It's also just like 
Censuring him how? The I don't fuck know. are you going to do to Superman? You're on notice. That's all. You, you know what, Superman? It's enough, enough of that bullshit with the leaning tower of Asia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, censoring Superman is about as worthless as a fucking Trump executive order. Like, what are you talking about? You're censoring Superman. What, he's going to fucking pay a fine? You know what? He's going to put that in the fucking room in the Fortress of Solitude right next to the key to the city. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right. to frame this censure and I'm going to fucking laugh at it every day. <laughs> this censure is more of a tisk tisk. <laughs> he blows out the Olympic torch, which oh, is nice. Oh, yeah. This is, it's such a super dick move right here, man. They like cut, a, and again, the thing that sucks is like, this is also just silly Richard Lester gags. Yes, exactly. You know, because they make a big deal about like, there's an announcer that's like, and now mm-hmm. a, a, a seven day race comes to an end as the journey of the Olympic torch goes up the final staircase and it's like everyone's like with bated breath like they're gonna light the torch and then superman's like just like you know gives a little whistle and blows it out and i love the i do love the reaction to the dude holding the torch like well my life's ruined and everyone like looks at superman like oh man that's superman that piece of shit and they're like kind of shaking their (laughs) fist at him it's kind of great um then he starts to get drunk, which I love. Um, oh. I, what ha- here's my question about the suit. The suit turns into a darker color immediately. Is that like? Yeah. Is he just not changing it anymore? Does he smell yep. like shit? Is yep. I think how- I think it's sweat, dude. <laughs> oh, it's dude, he has drunk sweats. Shit yes, everywhere too. Yeah, he shit his pants from all the milk. <laughs> I also think to save on budget, they just took a uh, a, a suit they had previously thrown out. <laughs> oh uh, sure. Because there's what like I don't know if I forget if it's this one or like the the next one. There's just like this really cheap white S on the back. Oh, that might be the next one because the rest of the movie is very, very cheap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's just dr- he's at a bar. Alana, Ricky is upset that Superman is like giving up, so he wants to go to Metropolis to find him? Question mark. So Lana goes. Oh, no, Lana wants to just see Clark, and she brings Ricky, and they they walk by Superman's bar, which rules. Oh, totally. Oh, this is yeah. This is where it's right after Lana Lang is like, "Hello, Smallville Airport. When is your next flight to Metropolis tomorrow?" Just a huge LOL. Uh, but yeah, this is he's in the bar. He starts fl- like super flicking nuts at liquor bottles. <laughs> Pretty sweet. They start uh, breaking, and people are like, God damn it. What an asshole. There's a great, is it Ricky who's like, hey, look, Superman's drunk. <laughs> I, there's, you know, there's a lot of great like crowd dialogue here. Here's the thing. Superman comes into my bar. I'm like, whatever he's got is on me, and I'm just, I just want to hang out and get drunk with Superman. Totally, but then when, he st- when you realize though, that Superman's like an angry drunk, mm. that's a problem. Because you've unleashed a monster. Yeah, because like a, a, a bar game to you is darts. A bar game to him is taking your fucking head off. <laughs> totally. Also, <laughs> how much fucking alcohol is he con- uh, consuming to be drunk? <sighs> That's it's got to be a lot. It's got to be like Andre the Giant level at least. Oh, here I come, Superman. <laughs> I'm just as wasted as you. <laughs> oh, man, it's the shot for shot, and it's Superman and Andre for Giant, Andre the Giant from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Andre, <laughs> I've already had 12 bottles of wine, Superman. <laughs> yeah, it's a bottle of wine is a shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
there's um there's a fucking great line somewhere around here uh where he goes there's a dude like he's wasted uh in the street maybe at this point there's a dude who's like i'll tell you nobody's ever gonna trust that creep again <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome now is this all like as we continue down this evil path now th- is this like so the tar is in the evil kryptonite and makes him like, yeah. is this like a is this like a drug addiction analogy that we're doing? That's a good question. I think it's just sort of like I don't know, like maybe he's like less he's got less inhibitions question mark kind of a thing, which may be drugs ish as well. I guess maybe also it's a weird thing where like the first two movies were so clearly pro cigarettes that <laughs> that I feel like this movie they're like, you know what? Cigarettes make you evil. Look at this, kids. You smoke one of these death sticks, you're gonna turn into evil evil jimmy just like superman <laughs> turned into evil superman we should uh, t- this is when superman gets gets it wet finally oh um, b- because oh uh, wh- right the whole scam here is continuing while superman's on the sauce oh, we should mention that robert vaughn's plan is to make all these oil tankers go to one spot in the middle of the ocean and this one tanker won't do it because it's the only one like that still has humans in control oh right so all these other point here Yes, all the other oil tankers are just operated by computers, so he has Gus uh, hack them all and bring them like into the middle of the Atlantic and not make any of their like drop-off destinations. And in return, Gus uh, tells him to build him a supercomputer in the middle that, of nowhere. Right, yeah. Because he doesn't, I mean, like, and we don't know what Gus wants. Like, doesn't does Gus just want money to like not have to work and deal with this bullshit? Like, why does he want to, what's he going to do with a supercomputer? Like, is he, they should just make him Brainiac or something. Like, yes. Like, because he wants to build this giant supercomputer out of nowhere, I guess because of his just unbridled genius is being unleashed or whatever, and he sees how a, he basically tries to make the Borg or a V'ger like this computer that would defend itself. It's yeah. And at this point, like if you're doing this, like I can get on board with it only if at the start of the movie, there's something where like Gus is bumbling around in a computer lab and yep. gets fucking electrocuted by something or whatever. And he just is growing smarter and smarter by the scene. Yeah. Instead of this, where he's just because he's there's a thing where Robert Vaughn is like threatening him, like because he's like, I don't know, man, maybe we shouldn't kill Superman or like whatever it is. And he's like, oh, you know what, Gus? Well, that's cool. I can fucking send you to jail. And Richard Pryor's like, well, I want more money. And you know what? I'm more valuable to you out here than I am to nobody in there, like referring to jail. And then he's like, here's all these cocktail napkins I have with sketches for a supercomputer. And it's just, it, yeah, Steve, you're right. It's like, to what end? What the fuck are you doing? The idea that like Superman versus technology, technology's gotten out of hand, it's everywhere, he could could be reached anywhere with technology now, that could be an interesting movie if you make the movie the fucking supercomputer, but you can't just shove it in at the end. Yeah, yep, totally. Nor can you do this sort of half-assed evil Superman in the middle, you know what I mean? Like, certainly not both of those things at the same time around Richard (laughs) Pryor gags. Yes, exactly. When when he's about to bone Lorelai is the first time I think I might have heard um, Marauder track. Like, Mm, that sounded very fuzzy and synthy. But I was, well, there's there is straight up porno music in this movie because yeah, he uh, like t- to distract like this one ship that won't go where Richard Pryor wants it to go. Right. So like, well, you know who could do it? That evil Superman. He's evil now. This is sex, sex for trade here. Yeah, mm-hmm. 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 in a Superman movie, uh, Lorelai is on top of the Statue of Liberty, and then Superman just shows up. He's like, 
Hope you don't expect me to save you. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Great line. fucking line. Also, <laughs> important yeah. to point out, on top of the fucking, uh, his outfit getting like a little darker because he's pissing himself in it. Uh, also, he's got a classic five o'clock shadow right here. Definitely. Pretty great. And I love the shot here. He's like, yeah, he's like, I don't save people anymore. And she's like, Okay, well, you know, like, let's see what we can do about that. And the shot is like Lorelai's face and his fucking dick just inches away. And there is no mistaking what this is supposed to be. It's oral sex. We're, we're talking about he, she's giving him a blowjob in exchange to move an oil tanker. And that's the movie. Yep, because he fucking, she's like, all right, I'm going to fucking get sloppy on this dong as soon as you go and make that oil tanker pay for not going, you know, going to the middle of the ocean or whatever. And he flies out and just rips a hole in this tanker and just oil spill everywhere. Fuck you, ocean. Superman. (laughs) You'll believe a man can shoot, dude. That's what this movie is about. Absolutely, because she co- he comes back and she's like, uh, you know, in Robert Vaughn's little like ski hideaway bungalow thing, and she's all like sexy, like on the bed and whatnot. And she goes, uh, "Oh, hey, Superman, how about a little après ski? You know, a little after ski, which is like cocktails and fucking by uh, the fire and whatnot." I thought we were gonna do coke, dude. You gonna go on the slopes with me, Superman? Oh, right, yeah, <laughs> dude. That's definitely uh, wrapped up in après ski, especially in the eighties. Mm-hmm. This is where that fucking porno music kicks in though right here and you get a cut away you know that they, they totally fuck in this movie absolutely they fuck there's no doubt about it um we Which have I'll, a weird in the last movie yep. it took him fucking four four years to give up his powers to even fuck his like long-term girlfriend now he's <laughs> fucking this lady in the middle of nowhere well and, and then later in the movie he, when they bring it up again he's just like well that man is gone that wasn't me no. yeah oh I yeah totally it was just my dick <laughs> all those murders wasn't me <laughs> Yeah, totally. All those dead people, not Superman's fault. So while wasted after the bar thing and little Ricky is calling after him to help him, Superman's kind of feeling bad about himself. And, you know, we've all been here. Superman, you're just in a slump. (laughs) You get a little wasted. You get into the brown stuff a little too early in the day. And by the end of the afternoon, you're fighting yourself in a garage. Yeah. That's exactly where I uh, uh, plan to be after recording these two episodes. You just look at them, you son of a bitch. You think you're so fucking great. You and your glasses. You hear it? Want to go take a trip to the junkyard, you piece of trash? (laughs) Your podcast sucks. You fucking suck. It's the fucking totally the best one of the best curb moments of all time when uh, Larry gets high with his dad and the prostitute and then he's fucking stoned looking in the mirror like you fucking piece of shit you fucking <laughs> worthless fucking piece of shit I'm gonna blow your brains out all over your goddamn pool <laughs> you had to have eight whiskey sours Superman <laughs> eight goddamn whiskey sours Superman you had to have eight, have th- eight bottles of Johnny Walker Superman <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have three or four like a normal person? You had to have Andre the Giant in your house last night, didn't you? Didn't you, you piece of shit? Hey, Superman, you love me at the Porter's of Solitude, dude. Hey, I gotta Superman, get... I need a ride. <laughs> gotta get to WrestleMania pretty soon. <laughs> Just leaving you a lot of voicemail messages because I'm in the middle of the Arctic here, dude. And I also was... you're out of wine. <laughs> Superman, I'm drying out and freezing my balls off. On the wall we go. <laughs> you know, 
Andre the Giant would have been awesome in any of these movies as like a villain. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's totally. You get to watch Christopher Reeve fight Andre the Giant. You make him a fucking alien or something. You paint him green. Holy exactly. shit. Exactly. That, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, you have to step up from Zod now that you've done Zod. And I think a giant Andre the Giant. Well, the giant you, Andre, I, I should say, would be perfect. I, I think Dudley Moore as Mr. McZiplet is like good. That's a yes, good, good casting. Idea. That's really yeah. good. Hello, Superman. <laughs> I can't wait to try and fight you. I must, and that's a magic guy? What was his deal? Yeah, he's a little uh, magic yes. guy. He's a little magic guy who could do anything. The only way to beat him is to make him say his name backwards. Uh, it's the only see, way to beat Eric Siska as well. That would be something. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a fun idea. Actually, in a great episode of the Superman animated series with Richard uh, with uh, Gilbert Gottfried as Mr. Mitzelplick. Oh, yeah, friend of the show, Gilbert. Friend of the show. Love um, Gilbert, dude. Uh, so he's in the in the in the junkyard, and again, this is kind of cool. He splits into Clark Kent and Evil Superman, and they start going at it. And like the way to do the Evil Superman movie is, you need to lean on the characters that you've set up all the way through, which are Lois, Jimmy. Perry White, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, why is Superman being evil? You know what I mean? We see it through their eyes as opposed to any of this shit. Exactly. Like the fact that this is contained literally to just this junkyard, really, yes, is unfortunate. Like that's why, like you're totally right. Uh, it, this needs to happen way earlier in the movie, and then it's like Clark Superman, like good Superman, being yes. like, "Fuck, I gotta stop this asshole." Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, there's some great stuff floating around this junkyard. One thing I want to point out though, he's wasted and flies away, which is a great, uh, kind of ref to the first movie where he tells Lois that he never drinks and flies. Ah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. There is a dude that screams, he's gone nuts when he's in the, <laughs> cause he's in the junkyard and he's just screaming. And one of the junkyard guys is, he's gone nuts. Also, keep your eyes peeled folks at home. You better believe there's a car in that junkyard with the Confederate flag on it. Sick dude. <laughs> also, this is now to the backdrop that the, there's an oil shortage because of what um, Robert Vaughn has done. So now there's people like fighting in the streets over right. not being able to get gas. And it's nice, you know, throwback for the audience. Cause it recently happened, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was 1983. That was only like what? A few years later, five years before. Oh, it was yeah. later? I don't know. Earlier. Uh, Earlier, 80, yeah. Yes. What I was trying to say was 83 took place later than... <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, if I'm the... Uh, he's got nuts guy at the at the junkyard. I'm going home and killing myself. Oh, shit. Superman's coming for us all. We're yep. in real trouble here, guys. Like, this is the, this is as close as you're going to get to the rapture, Christians. Let's do it. <laughs> Esther, uh, Esther, I watched him go into the car compactor, and he walked <laughs> right back out. We gotta go, <laughs> Esther. The only way out is the shotgun. <laughs> uh, and so, like, they just kind of have a little fight here. You know, uh, Clark is uppercutted immediately by Superman. Uh, and you realize, though, that it is he, this Clark has Superman's powers. It's the same. Yes person basically uh yeah they just have this big fight and it's a it's an interesting thing if the again if the movie handled this better this scene is actually kind of great because it's like here is the two sides of superman you know kal-el and clark kent ostensibly like fighting each other in this moment and it's like you know superman as kal-el the real you know the alien being from krypton is just like so over having to fucking hide as this wuss clark kent this whole thing and he wants to fucking kill him and like here's clark kent like fighting back like no 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 we have to suppress kal-el kind of a thing and then ultimately the fight ends with like 
<laughs> fucking the fake, you know, Clark Kent, the fake persona, strangling Kal-El to death and taking over. And it's like, no, man, any fucking roots to your alien being, that shit's dead. You are just Clark Kent on this oh. planet. You are stuck here. Oh, man, the evil Superman is canceling his wizard subscription. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 he's backing out of all of his D&D leagues. <laughs> I do love the Christopher Reeve. Come on, come on, come on! <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is he he does he plays his characters totally differently. Like you know yep. what I mean? Like in body language and everything, they do feel like different. Because again, like the dude could do it, but you got to give him more lines than Richard fucking Pryor in Superman three. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and nope. or Pete Davidson or whoever the fucking whatever the <laughs> new comic sensation is. <laughs> this is uh, around here is the. Um, there's another sign, danger, acid, because he fucking yes. throws a Superman in uh, a, a big pool of acid, which is great. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, 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 uh, that, there's there's a lot of trash compactor stuff, you mm-hmm. know. There was one line from Evil Superman that you always wanted to fly, Kent. Now's, Now's your, your chance. chance. <laughs> and that line is great to me because when the way that Christopher Reeve delivers it, he sounds exactly like Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. It's pretty great. You want to uh, get nuts? Let's get nuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you've been on my nerves for a long time. Now, come on, get it! Get it! <laughs> fucking great. You, I love when yeah. uh, he goes into... There's a part where Superman is going to drop... Like, evil Superman is going to drop uh, like a huge car crusher magnet, like a junkyard magnet, onto Clark Kent. And he goes into like, the junkyard control room, and he's like at the switch. And you look behind him, and it's like Danny Glover's car and switchback. There's just like pornography pictures it's everywhere. It's crazy that there's pornography oh, right man. there. This is actually a thing. And I was wondering, I want to, you know, we were keeping this under wraps. I wanted to throw this to Twitter, but we could do it as like a mailbag or something. Write in if you've ever like, did your dad have pornography in the work shed or the garage? These were like mainstays. Like I've certain, I feel like certain times in boomer culture, like it was just totally fine to have pornography open and everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Just a, a just pin like up in the, in the man space yes, kind yes. of thing. Yep, yeah, the, like the the fucking locker room of like your your work kind of a thing, or like yeah. the break room. You just have fucking pornography, and like to what end? Are well, are you going off on your coffee break and just jerking <laughs> off? Maybe they well they um, they admire beauty, Andrew. Um, yeah. oh. I think part of this stems from I think people GIs in Vietnam might have had uh, you know like oh, yeah, right, porno, sure. everywhere. Except, yeah. Well, when you're when you're fucking you know away from your your lady fair overseas and whatnot, I get that. But like when you're just punching a clock down at the quarry, what the fuck do you need pornography on the wall? <laughs> it's for? usually mechanics and like yeah. like car maintenance shops, so it kind of yeah. makes sense that it would just transfer to the cars themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cars picked it up. Yeah, you yeah. Much like Akira, you know, that yes. just oh, consumes the pornography, consumes the car itself. Yes. Sure. Actually, in, in the next uh, Pixar Cars movie, the cars are going to be fucking buying pornos and shit. <laughs> hey, cool. I got fucking Hushler. All right. Yeah. The- hey, cool. Paper my insides with pornography. <laughs> yeah. The new character voiced by Pete Davidson named Wayno, <laughs> full of a, 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 porno, a porno car, just full of it. Yeah, exactly. It'll be they'll you know what they do because those obviously are contemptible shit movies. They'd make it like a pink Cadillac yeah. and be like, "Oh, the pimp mobile." Yeah, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Colin Jost plays a fucking yacht or something, <laughs> <laughs> and Colin Jost is a useless fucking humorless yacht. <laughs> 
so yeah, we, he fucking uh, puts Clark in the car crusher. He's screaming. This is the second time in the Superman franchise where you see a beloved character like just violently crushed to death. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Just totally insane. Yeah, but he chokes him, <laughs> and in a real Hitchcockian choke, uh, yeah. Clark gets him. You know, it's like it's like psychosexual weird. It's Joking. like it's like in fucking Dial M for Murder, dude. Yes. When he had like the extended sequence of the dude being strangled to death to show like just how much it actually takes to kill a person in yes. real life, and you're just watching that movie like, wow, this guy's getting strangled for a long time. Now, now did you guys have the cut where he si- just starts screaming Martha while he's doing <laughs> that? No, I didn't. Oh. Is that the director's cut? Is that the that's, ultimate cut? That's the Lester Real? cut. That's the ultimate Lester you know, cut. That was the scene when he did auto-erotic, auto-erotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Martha! <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, you know, he fucking, he strangles evil, evil Superman to death and murders him. And he That's disappears, he opens his shirt, and now he's regular Superman again. And this supercomputer is really, it's like 10 minutes of supercomputer. Uh, oh my God. So now we just go back to a different movie, and Richard Pryor has like a video game shooter that the supercomputer is operating, and you get to see a little cartoon Superman as Superman flies down. Cartoon, like 8-bit Superman or whatever. Atari, like, Yeah, and then, you know, this is actually shooting at the real Superman. Superman comes. The supercomputer is stupid as shit. Uh, this is the they they're in like a the bottom of like a quarry or maybe like it's supposed to be the Grand Canyon or something an unused James Bond set sure yeah pretty yeah pretty much there's a fucking dumb thing it's like right after like you see the fucking life go like the light go out of the eyes of evil Superman real Superman opens the shirt again and it's a direct cut to all of the villains of the movie getting in like balloon chairs uh. and descending down the side of the mountain except for Richard Pryor who's just riding a fucking donkey down to yeah. the bottom yeah like we said Bond but this is very like Austin Powers yes. setting <laughs> and these balloon cars are similarly Austin Powersy. These uh these rockets look terrible. The the game the video game thing, it's kind of funny if you if you if the Tribune trivia is to be believed whatsoever. I guess there was a thing where like they actually made the video game look way too realistic and they were like, "No, like video games don't look that good. You really got to shitify this thing." <laughs> and like they made it more like 8-bit looking than it is now, but it still looks It looks good. Like, yeah, it looks like a way better game than you would have had in 1983. I'd play it. Um, oh yeah, of course I'd play it. Um, but was there yeah. ever a good Superman game, Steve? Not really. Uh, I think my short answer is not really. There was a fun <laughs> arcade game where it was a two-player Superman game, and player one is regular Superman, and player two is Red Superman. It's like okay, cool. Uh, but and I just kind of forget any any other. There was a bad N sixty four game. I'm sure somebody could stop me, but I do not think there's ever been a good Superman game. Period. Because man, it would be a rad thing if they did like an open world thing, like that Spider Man game. Ooh. Sure, and you could and just, you just like, like fly. Blast civilians with your with your laser vision and shit. Oh that- sure, like if you get five stars, you turn into evil Superman. <laughs> yeah, I, I fly around like like I would play it like GTA. So instead of yep. driving a car around, I'm flying Superman around, just hitting pedestrians. <laughs> or you're picking them up and flying up real high and dropping them, Absolutely. and then it's like, all right, Superman, you've gone past the point of no return. You've lost the public's <laughs> respect. Now you're when, evil Superman. When you die and you're coming back for the next life, the in between graphic is uh, him going around the Earth. 
a bunch of times. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so whatever. Yeah, the big supercomputers here. There is some dumb shit that goes on. Well, uh, but it's got a kryptonite ray. It's getting him. And this is when... Uh, what do you call it there? Uh, Pryor is like, oh, I have to redeem myself. He's like, you can't kill Superman, even though he tried to kill Superman 41 minutes ago. Yep, totally. Like this rando change of heart. I guess because he sees Superman IRL. I don't even know. Yeah, he's uh, in pain. This is- there is the great thing, though, where he, when Superman flies up to the cave and Lorelai's like, oh, hey, Superman, remember me? And he fucking delivers the greatest Superman line of all time. And he just goes, I don't know you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's great. You were talking yeah, that to wasn't Kent. Me. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't me. So if I gave you anything, no, if he gave you, it's not me. It's yeah. bottom line, not Also, me. if you're fucking knocked up, uh, not mine. <laughs> I, I mean, I do love that line, but like, this is exactly where I am like completely detached from this movie. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm com- hitting the ejector seat. I, I'm, totally. I'm gone. After the Superman versus Superman fight, I'm just, I'm not here anymore. It's trash. Like, Robert Vaughn actually has a line where he's like, oh, Gus, you're such a genius. You've invented a machine that can detect anybody's weakness. And you're like, well, whatever you sure. say, movie. Why not? Go ahead. So, I mean, I guess the you know, the big fucking detail from this scene is that the poor sister gets turned into a robot. Which, which makes the, no sense. That should be Richard Pryor. Yes. Yep. Again. Yep. He's the one who's been moving towards this where he's like completely combining with like a computer. That makes more sense than just this yep. person that you called ugly for 20 minutes. <laughs> we have to punish her because she's "Quote unquote ugly." Yeah, you're yeah, totally, she's getting like the machine, uggo. It should be she either looks normal. By the way, she doesn't yeah. look like any other. No, it's just a person. Yeah, she's a little taller than everybody else. That's fine. Uh, uh, I guess the the idea is like, or Robert Vaughn would be fine too. Like, oh no, that uh, I'm I'm falling to my own ends. Yeah, you know that'd yeah, be something. Totally. But like, or yeah, if it's it, like because he's such an anti technology guy in a way as far as like hiring Richard Pryor to do all this like he's not the computer genius like it's kind of great you know villain irony if he's the one that's turned into yeah. the you know it would make sense for Pryor and then we, then it's all like you know do, do you really own a computer or does it start to own you you know yeah exactly my fucking cell phone totally owns me you know what I mean like, exactly. so there is something to say about us becoming like slaves to technology and, and the computer becomes self-aware so we're doing that it's a singularity situation you know there sure. you go that's, that's something you, the, the last 10 minutes of your movie you make a fucking <laughs> self-aware AI that's now fighting Superman and, and yeah like it's it's powers are like a big laser beam that can do whatever you like and like <laughs> and like this cum bubble that it throws at him at that one point. Oh, dude, that's dumb as shit. It's like cum bubble? it's just got like streaks around it. It's like cellophane. Yeah, he's just wrapped in like a cellophane ball. Is that what it is? I, I, it just looked disgusting. I mean, it's not a cum bubble, Chris. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I think it was a computer cum bubble. That's (laughs) what I'm getting. You know know when your when your dick is chewing cum and it just (laughs) doesn't bubble. Chewing, <laughs> your dick's chewing gum, and it does like a bubble with it. You know, what it, dude, uh, I, Eric? I think you need to go to the doctor. What, dude. what it is is the cum bubble singularity. <laughs> I uh-huh. see. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. So yada yada yada. This lady, it's horrific, and it has traumatized many a child who had to watch this as children. I, totally, it is so. Up, I don't know. It's the most horrific thing in this I entire remember, four movies. I, from a, I remember childhood. I, this scene particularly stuck out, and it, it did terrify me. It's nuts, dude. I mean, I think it, to say something nice about this movie, it turned a bunch of kids in 1983 immediately into huge David Cronenberg fans. 
because uh, it is body horror to the fucking max. Uh, Superman comes in. He's like, you know what? Remember that? Hey, hey, everybody. Remember that acid from the beginning of the movie? Well, I'm going to go fly real quickly, snag some of that shit, and just like stick it inside the computer so it overheats and fucking kills it. You, you honestly might as well put like the flight of the bumblebee over all of this. And just fast forward it, and like it's just, nobody cares, nobody gives a fuck. This is like it's so quick and so n- inconsequential. The computer explodes. The whole sort of like hideout kind of falls into rubble. Big bit of bullshit though. That sister needs to be dead. She kind of climbs out of it. Like whoa, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, no way, dude. And I'm like, dude, fucking wires entered the veins of your circulatory your system. Your skin turned silver. Like, come like, on, just let her be fucking dead. You know, that cop in the first movie didn't wake up on the train tracks like, wow, I totally survived Lex Luthor pushing me in front of a subway car. <laughs> he looks like the, the thin guy on the rails in Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, he just comes up, hey, guys. I mean, if you wanted, like, Superman to fight, like, a computer person, that's something. But you can't do it at the very end. You get That's no. going to be your main villain. Yep, it's garbage. It was amazing. Like, I paused it. It was like there was, like, 15 minutes left when she goes into the machine. I'm like, well, that's not nearly enough time. It's <laughs> not nearly <laughs> enough time to make this make sense. Uh, yeah, and the, the computer explodes. He... You assume he drops everybody else off at jail, and now he's just flying with Richard Pryor, which I guess we've been leading up the whole movie for. It's on the <sighs> fucking poster, I guess, and he's not even holding him in the way that he's holding him on the poster, but yes. whatever. How about the joke, right? He explains that he used acid to defeat the uh. computer, and then he, Superman says, I guess it just died of a case of acid indigestion. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because... Did you ghostwrite this movie, Eric, or not? <laughs> <laughs> because I, they, they owe me a check. Gus's reaction here is great. I feel it's like kind of Richard Pryor, the comedian, being like, yeah, Superman, that's a joke. Like, he's not yeah. entertained by Superman's pun. He's it's like, that's great. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and Pryor, nice Pryor hated this movie, too. He, he was just oh, really? happy to get the five million bucks. Five million dollars wow. in 1983. Yeah. yeah, that's wild shit. Uh, so, yeah, he drops him off at, like, the quarry, uh, you know, and he's like, well, hey, uh, quarry workers here. Does your boss have a computer in that office? Oh, he does? Well, he could do a lot worse than hiring Gus here to, I guess, use your computer or some <laughs> shit. So give him a job because old Superman told you to. And uh, he's like, uh, Superman now turns a, a, a piece of uh, coal into a diamond as well, which I think is why he, he wanted this diamond. He's like, you know, it's enough, Richard Pryor. You, you're good, right? You're good. Here's a job. Yeah. Bye. Yep. Totally. And uh, th- th- I think Richard Pryor looks around. He's like, where am I? He's like, oh, you're in uh, Wichita. Like, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not going to take that job. Yeah, yeah totally. It's funny. I remember how to make like supercomputers still so I can just go build one that doesn't <laughs> defeat the Earth uh, and just, you know, makes me a lot of money. I could just going to form a, a little company called Apricot. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, whatever. He, yeah, it's like, oh, then the bus station's 10 miles away. So that's where Richard Pryor is left. Uh, after he calls Superman soup three times, which is the absolute that's worst. That's what you want. Uh, he uh, goes back to Lana here and humiliates Brad and does not propose to her question mark. I don't know what the fuck this is because it's like he gives her the ring, but then there's some talk about like Superman gave me this ring to give to you. And (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? And then it's like, and then I don't know. I don't know if it's a thing where like, 
Lana is like, oh, cool, a ring from Superman. Thanks, wink, wink, Superman. Like, yes. knowing that it's Clark giving her the ring. It's a weird thing. Well, in the middle of the, earlier in the movie, she mentions uh, time being so tough, she had to hock her engagement ring right. to make ends meet. So he's like, well, he heard that story, and he wanted you to have this ring, Lana. And it's like, but are you engaged yeah. or Clark? Yeah. Clark has to be very clear about this, because if she starts going around telling everybody she's engaged to Superman... Oh fuck! Yeah, People are going problem. to pay attention. They might put People her somewhere. Be, yeah, committed. Like you're crazy. You're going <laughs> hey, crazy. Hey, Superman! I read in the tabloids you're engaged, but I'm still stuck at the fault of the solitude. <laughs> <laughs> Lest I remind you, you are out of wine. Superman, where's the nearest bus station? <laughs> Oh man, they should have made him the computer, like the computer oh, monster. Fuck, dude. Yeah, the lady goes in uh, as her Eddie Ross and comes out as Andre the Giant. Oh, yes, oh. I'm yes. gonna hit you with a KitchenAid mixer. Oh. <laughs> It'd be fucking awesome, actually. Uh, Brad is the fucking great line. He's like staring at Clark Kent. He's like, I've always hated you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he gets humiliated, you know, he, he knocks him on, on top of a luggage cart and rolls him out of the fucking room or whatever. Oh, right. He flies well, into, like, an elevator, I think. Yeah. Brad, one of his lines right before he gets knocked out was, like, nice guys always finish last. Yep, mm -hmm. totally. Mm -hmm. And uh, then back, back in the Daily Planet, Lois shows back up with the biggest story of the year. She's like, oh, Clark, I also read your uh, high school handjob story. That's really good. That's really good handjob story. High handjob story. <laughs> Well, pretty cool, Clark. It wound. Up, it ended with uh, you getting jerked off in the gymnasium after the party. Pretty sweet. Crisco as lube. Never heard about it. Never heard. Never, never heard that before. Oh man. Yeah. Then you're really cooking in the kitchen, dude. Uh, yeah. So Lana has moved to Metropolis permanently. She's mm -hmm. Perry White's administrative assistant. Is the idea. Uh, this is twice in a row. I just wrote in my notes. Just end this movie. <laughs> end this movie and no, she's no. like oh i have this diamond ring from clark and lois is like oh that's fucked up and that's kind of like the end of the movie <laughs> yeah it's really weird because it's all like lois you missed the boat you asshole totally you took that vacation and i got fucking hitched a, a, a love triangle is a great idea you know lana lois clark oh my god who's he gonna pick yada 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 right sure but they're all L names. Like, Lois, there's another woman with an L name. So, <laughs> Sorry, Lois. Uh, and then, yeah, it, it ends with him re-leaning the Tower of Pisa because we 1,000% needed to revisit that joke. Yep, and then these, these dumb Italians are mad again because they <laughs> changed all their merchandise to be straight Towers of Pisa. And we should say also... This looks fucking fake. All of the Superman effects look Ooh. fake. Like the special effects in this movie are garbage. They're better than the next movie, which yep, is the true. only way I'll say that that's better than the next movie. But it is <laughs> totally. But uh, and speaking of Steve Sadak, good call. Uh, we should get our buns moving because uh, not tomorrow, but the day after. So this Thursday, gang, we're going to be finishing up this conversation with a little Superman 4 chat. That's mm. right. You know, what's funny is we're going to be staying here and we're just talking all day about Superman. So it's kind of one episode. So it's 500 part one, 500 part two. Exactly. But we will say uh, for the recap of this one, re rediscovering Superman 3 after nearly 10 years on the air. Uh, how are we feeling about this movie? And would you recommend it to others out there, Steve Sadak? 
I would not. I'll do a, a ranking of all the Supermans, including uh, the newer guys. I'll do. I got a little. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ! No, just what I have in my brain anyway. <laughs> we don't all have to do it, but uh, you know. But it. I think it's one of the worst. I think it's it's so disrespectful to, to the character and to the performance of Christopher Reeve. This iconic thing that they just kind of throw in the garbage, and they just don't. They, they clearly Richard Lester does not care. I don't know who cares less, Richard Lester or Zack Snyder, but one of them does <laughs> uh, about the what actually makes a Superman movie work. And this movie doesn't get it. It's and again, like I love Richard Pryor. Like just put him in a movie. Put him either in an actual Superman movie or another movie altogether. Uh, Eric Siska. Yeah, but Steve, did you rank them all? No, no. I, I said the next episode. Oh, it's a little tease. You got to keep oh, coming a back. Tease. Yeah. A little Thursday ranking for you folks at home. Um, this movie's bad. I don't like it. I think this is the worst out of the four mm. main. Main, I don't know for for Christopher Reeve. Yeah, uh, the the Reeveverse. Yes, yeah. So, um, I really, really detest. I detest this movie because it's so scattershot. Everything is so. You got like thirty ideas, it and it and it becomes meanderingly pointless because it's so muddled from having too much going on in it. Totally, uh, Chris Cabin. Uh, I hate this movie, but I do have to say, I kind of think people should see it. If only because of the see it to believe it type thing. Mm. I do, you could not get this made, and I don't think you could get this made out after 1988. Yeah, like no, this. This was not. a very specific time where something like this would be allowed, and oh. it's awful. I thought that was a reference to his accident for a second. No, no, no. no. 95, you monster! <laughs> like you can't make this today. That dude's in a chair. Uh-huh. Uh, Oh, he's also been dead for years. For quite some time at this point. Um, You know, I like Richard Pryor uh, as a stand-up, but in movies, like, I mean, like, it was like this, The Toy. uh, Unwatchable movies. uh, A horrible bunch of movies. uh, And even his, like, weird uh, indie stuff is not very good. So I'm, he is great in Blue Collar if you get a chance to see it, but, like, I kind of think they, they should have found a better way for him to do movies rather than be a comedic aspect maybe maybe he should have actually been a dramatic actor um but yeah this movie it's interesting to me just that it exists for no other reason though yeah um yeah i don't know i i it's funny uh folks at home you will hear me on friday on the we love movies feed on our patreon talk about how uh i was just so excited to be watching a superman movie and how uh i was concerned that my, you know, mental and emotional desperation in quarantine as it's been uh, was going to force me to just appreciate the fact that I was watching Superman movies and I was going to be, you know, I was thinking like, oh, maybe I'd be sort of lighter on these things. Well, don't worry, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> I immediately regretted uh, having to turn this on. It's just such a misstep. I mean, especially coming from the way, the order in which I watched the Reverse movies, by the way, is one, three, two, four. <laughs> uh, I watched three and it was like kind of late and I like you know turned it off on HBO Max, and right there next to it was like, oh cool! If you liked this, Andrew, you might also like Superman too. And I was like, you know what, HBO Max? I think I need a little bit of a palate cleanser. And I was like, let's just put it on. I'm gonna like you know use it as I'm getting tired. It's kind of late. I'll probably pass out to it. I watched the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I stayed up till one thirty in the morning watching Superman two because I was just so 
put off by this movie. It doesn't work. I do agree with Chris that if you haven't checked it out yet, you know, it is a seeing is believing. The junkyard fight is fucking hilarious. And like, as much as it's a disservice to the character, Reeve still playing Superman is yep. nice to see. So there's a little bit of that going on. And fucking Brad, the town drunk in Smallville, is just one of the funnier things about the movie. That's the comedy that works, Richard Lester, by the way. It's not a blind guy falling in a hole. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. And that is uh, We Hate Movies, episode 500, part one. We will be back in just 48 hours to uh, have a conversation for you all over again about Superman for the quest for peace. Uh, so we'll cut it off right here. Uh, until Thursday, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. Take it easy, and we'll see you in a couple days. That was a HeadGum Podcast.